Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for pressing play on another episode of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Before we get started today, let's just talk about a couple of the things that we have set up for you guys. Yeah, guys, feel free to send us your trivia, your favorite funny moment, and your MVP from next week's episode over to Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys and uh, have you stump us on some trivia. For the full Zach and Steven experience, you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappod for all of the fun shenanigans we get into off pod every week. Wax on, wax off pod. We're really thankful that you guys are listening to us, and I promise to keep whatever that was to a minimum. <laughs> now, I say let's kick off this week's podcast. What do you say, Steven? Uh, blue Skadoo, we can too, Zach. Let's dive in. All right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Glad we did two takes, Zach. You had a lot to work with there. Reformed neo-Buddhism is not a cult. It is a new way of looking at the world, emphasizing empowerment. Like a video game? Yes, Troy, very much like a video game. You gain levels, and at a certain point, you actually can eat a ghost. What? I want to eat a ghost. And then the goat says to the antelope, That's not a farmer. That's my sister. Oh, hey, Zach. Didn't see you there. I was Steven, just practicing my tight five. That was not where I expected that joke to go when you started it. It was way more intolerant, and I was expecting it to be pretty bad. So, Hey, guys. Uh, I'm going to save you from the first half of that so you won't have to listen to it. Uh, didn't know you could see us here. It's just me and Steven chatting. Uh, welcome aboard. Welcome to another episode of You Can't Disappoint, a podcast. This is... The 28th community episode we have covered. 28 podcasts. That's crazy. That's fun. It's been a it's been a fun 28 weeks. And that's um, just a good round number to axe it. Just cut yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's the amount of days in, in a good February. Um, <laughs> okay. Sandra Bullock movie, 28, 28 days. Days later, she was in that? <laughs> With the vampires? I haven't seen that. I'm not familiar with that no, one. I think, okay, she was, she was in, you know, 28, 28 Days with that one guy. Okay. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. I'm Zach, and if uh, you want to make a sock puppet out of me, that's on you. Hi, Zach. Uh, and, and as always, I'm Steven, and I don't know if you guys knew this, but I'm a fifth-level laser lotus, and uh, I really can't wait for Buddha to return and return us to our liquid state so that we can bask in the pool of knowledge together in his meteor crater. <laughs> Just like a Tylenol PM. <laughs> I hope everyone's doing well. Shout out, as always, to our proud community, Papa Boy, over at Communities on Twitter. Thank you for all you do and for putting up with whatever it is that we do t- yes. towards you. Muchas gracias. We've really got to do something with them soon. We've got to yeah. do something. we got to either pick out an episode or have them on for something soon. Yeah. I hope everyone's December is going well. This one, we're recording it a little bit early. This isn't actually coming out for like a week after we record it. But December is in full swing. Even more it so is. when this comes out. I hope everyone's doing well. Steven, I care less about how you've been doing if I'm being – if I'm being genuine, it. you know, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess update on, on whatever you've been doing in the three days since we recorded one of these boys. 
Yeah. Um, you know, just been uh, chilling. Uh, Attack on Titan just started, so the hype is real for that one. Um, my whole Twitter is just filled with people with the same like icon picture tweeting, let's go in all Hell caps. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. It's always really exciting when a show you really like comes back and there aren't that many left, I feel like. No, not really. I mean, it's like there aren't very many shows like that. Like, it was so big, it like shut down like the Crunchyroll, the streaming site. Like their wow. servers like got all messed up. Like people couldn't watch it for a while. Or, <laughs> I guess there are shows that are pretty big, but it's not like big network weekly TV events like Lost or something that like everybody was watching. It's, yeah, it's like streaming stuff. So like, so when, it's a whole season. When a new season of Stranger Things comes out, it's all everybody's watching and talking about for like three days and then everyone finishes it yeah yeah or i've heard people argue this is like it's really cool to binge stuff but whether or not that's like the best way to Mm -hmm. to release television because there's like one of the best things about doing this podcast with you is like you know the water cooler talk after watching an episode you know like talking to your friends and seeing what they thought about it when stuff comes out a whole season at a time you go to the water cooler and you're like Oh, hey, wasn't it crazy when someone's like, oh, no, I'm only on episode three. Don't yeah. say it. And you can't, like, talk about the stuff openly anymore. Yeah, which I hate it, that. Which used to be such a big part of watching television. I've got a hair in front of my face that's driving me crazy that I can't find. <laughs> that's okay. I've been thinking about that lately, too, because they're, I've been watching unholy amount of anime this year over the last, I guess now, like, nine months. Um I, I'm almost to 150 completed on my list. You're crowning. Um, You're about to give birth to a... I truly right but I've been thinking you know, cause I've watched some weekly and some I've like binged through and you know some shows like I've been thinking like if I watch this straight through would I like it more would I like it less but there are some shows that absolutely watching straight through I think was better you know so it's interesting I wonder if when people make shows they think about that at all well there's also a thing of like I like watching shows not all in one day but like a couple episodes at a time mm-hmm. every day if I'm watching it but I when it comes to a show that like I watch the first season of it and it's like ten episodes long and I watch it in like five days, a year or sometimes a year and a half or more when the next season comes out, I won't remember anything about what happened in the last totally. one. So I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. And I don't know. You have that sometimes if a show's only ten episodes and they release it every week and there's a huge gap between seasons, but I don't know. But Food I feel like you, you have to retain a little more, right? Because sure. you Yeah. Let's have the conversation that we started off air and decide it was for on air. I've been watching uh, the new season of a streaming show that is both really controversial and really popular and uh, well regarded by a lot of people. It, it, Big Mouth, the animated Nick Kroll, John Mulaney program. And I know that Steven's not a fan, and I enjoy it quite a bit. And usually I feel like, especially with sense of humor, uh, yeah. if one of us likes something, the other one probably will. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I watched probably the first two seasons of Big Mouth, and okay. I didn't love it, but I and I, I really wanted to because I really like uh, Nick Kroll. I really mm-hmm. like John Mulaney. I like a lot of the voice or actors in it, I think, are really, really good A lot really of the funny. voice or actors are really yeah. good and funny. You know? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I don't know what it was. I just – I did not – I don't know whether it was like – a lot of people have the problem with how it's a show that's 
pretty much exclusively about sex, and it's about 13-year-olds. They're kids. Yeah, yeah, they're really young. And I, they're 12-year-olds. But the problem is, like, I watch a lot of anime where the cast are a little younger, and they make adult jokes. I mean, not big-mouth adult jokes, but, like, I don't know. I think some of it was a little too, like, graphic for me sometimes. I understand that. But I think to counter that, one, the argument that I started before we watched this or before we mm-hmm. started talking is that, like, we all love South Park. And South yeah. Park's about, like, nine-year-olds. Yeah, they're really know, young. Voiced by adults that are, uh, yeah, that are saying worse stuff, doing worse stuff. And that show makes a lot of, like, jokes that are pretty not PC and pretty, uh, like, yeah. jokes that are – usually they're in on the joke that they're making, but jokes that from – Aside could be could come off as racist and homophobic and transphobic and all that. Uh, Big Mouth, I really like it because sure it's really uncomfortable. I think the people that are uncomfortable about Big Mouth, it's not because they are offended by it. It's because they're seeing themselves in the mirror, and it uh, it can make you. It's like stuff you don't want to laugh at because it's like stuff that you did. I don't know. I feel like that's a part of it, and I think I think it's a better. Uh, role model of a show than any of the shows like that that we were watching when we were kids because they did a whole episode about Planned Parenthood and like all of the resources and why it's a good thing and why it's in danger or all of the time they're introducing like trans characters or I don't know they're they're it's like a potty joke kit like uh edgy show like South Park and Family Guy and stuff but it has its heart in the right place and I think if I was a kid watching some of this stuff like uh, crises of sexuality, I think I would have had a show like that that would have mm-hmm. like kind of given me some insight on it. I don't know. I think I it, see that. I see that. I but think it certainly is a lot inappropriate well. and edgy and cringy. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily related to this show a whole lot. I didn't <laughs> hear. You know what it was, Zach? It was when he decided to rub one out when his homie was like in the room with him, and I was like, "Now I'm not saying that I relate to something bro like him. that." But I feel like that is a thing that people do. I and I and I would believe that. I'd buy that. And and I and I I appreciate a lot of things about the show, but there's a lot of stuff about it that I it makes just, you cringe. Yeah, I didn't love. I yeah. I don't think it's bad. I wouldn't say I dislike it, but I don't love it. Yeah. Okay. But I stopped a, watching no, after the second. That's season. not what the show is about. I think it's it's a show that brings up some interesting conversation though, because it is. It's just worth a, watching. A silly cartoon, but yeah, there's some stuff to unpack in it for sure. Yeah. And there's a insane amount of crazy talented people in it. Yeah, it's also really funny. Like it, it is really f-ing funny. <laughs> also, something about this season of that show, just to mm-hmm. tackle really quick. So a lot of this year, the animated shows that have non people of color voicing people of color yeah. just said they weren't going to do that anymore. Someone else is voicing Cleveland on Family Guy now. Someone mm-hmm. else is voicing Carl on The Simpsons now. Uh, Missy was voiced by Jenny Slate, who is not yeah. black. And this season of Fantastic Big Mouth... voice actress. Yeah, she does a great job. This season of Big Mouth uh, focuses a lot on Missy's like disconnect from being black. Um, mm. And they've changed the voice actress to someone else, who sounds a lot like how she did yeah. before. But I think it's so good that they That's had awesome. the opportunity to switch it because if they had done the storyline with the original voice actor i'm sure it would have might have rubbed somebody the wrong way like we love bojack horseman but it's but... very controversial that allison brie who i guess there's a connection to community we yeah. love allison and mm-hmm. she did great on bojack horseman but she yeah. voices a character that's vietnam is she 
Filipino or Vietnamese? She's Vietnamese. Uh, Diane and it, it, a white woman voiced the character, mm-hmm. and her disconnect from her background is part of that show, and it yeah. feels a little weird if you think about who's voicing it. And Allison Brie has she doesn't talk about BoJack anymore, and no. she's made a statement that she wishes she hadn't done it because wow. she feels bad about what she was doing. Now, which is a shame because I think did she did it a for six job. years. So yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah, so it, it's all interesting. I don't know. I don't really have a point, I guess. I just thought it was something cool. Yeah, which community episode will let us talk about BoJack Horseman a lot? I think any, really. They all have Allison in them. BoJack Horseman's great. And if you haven't watched it, it's such a good mix of really funny, silly, goofy, cartoony comedy that gets so real and yeah. and deep in a way that most live-action shows don't. So you should absolutely There's check it out if you haven't. one episode every season that belongs on, like, the best episodes of anything ever list. Sure. The first season is a little rough. It takes a second mm-hmm. to get its feet because it's it's got a lot of hooves in different genres, you know? <laughs> but yeah. once it gets going in season two, and especially season three onward, it, it's really going. So go check yeah. it out. But let's segue to what we're here to talk about today, which is the third episode of season two of Community, The Psychology of Letting Go. It was directed by Anthony Russo. Uh, Joe's been directing so far this season. Anthony mm-hmm. hadn't gotten a credit yet. And he has 13 directing credits over the entire series. Which I think Joe has more. I feel like when I say Joe, he has like 20-something. or Yeah, he had a lot. It was written by Hilary Winston, who previously wrote Football, Feminism, and You, Politics of Human Sexuality, Beginner Pottery, Pascal's Triangle Revisited. And in the future Big of this fan. season, she writes Celebrity Pharmacology and For a Few Paintballs More. Yeah. And it originally aired on October 7th, 2010. Nice. I let, let's Before we talk about it, let's do trivia right away trivia i've got four questions okay you go first a line in this episode i'm excited for this question for you buddy a Mm. line in this episode is a possible reference to an anime what line and which anime oh my god did i miss an anime reference (laughs) nothing nothing it was even the line that you quoted in the beginning of this very podcast The Ocean of Knowledge is perhaps a reference to Neon Genesis Evangelion. Evangelion? Oh my god! Okay, stop right now. Specifically the film, The End of Evangelion, or however you say it. Okay, so End of Evangelion is one of my top five. Actually, it's my number two favorite anime movie of all time. Apparently not. And I thought to myself, because at the end of the movie, basically, and I'm not even going to say spoiler alert, because without context, it means nothing anyway. Everyone becomes one, and they all turn to this big fluid that covers the world that's, like, everyone sure. connecting into one thing. Um, as Lilith, like, consumes the world and the third impact happens. Sure. Um, and, you know, day-to-day shit. Uh, but, but when <laughs> well, they said that, my first thought was that. my significant other's name is Lilith, so yeah. that is day-to-day, day-to-day shit. shit. I, exactly. I know you know. <laughs> absorbed. <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm I don't know so for sure if it was on purpose, but it, there was a writing about it on the community wiki, and it's very oh. plausible that someone on the writing staff would want to put in a joke like that. And it's something yeah. that's kind of specific. So there you go. Piece God of shit. damn. Great question. That – well done to you. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Not well done to you. What do you got? No. Uh, okay. Name two things that were on the AOL homepage other than the oil spill. Oh, shit. Um, is it the smoking turtle? Mm-hmm. 
And the Haiti earthquake? They mentioned the Haiti earthquake at one point. But they I do don't mention think the Haiti it. earthquake. That's not it. That's What's what the other I'll, one? Uh, it is an ostrich raised a tiger cub. I have you. You've watched some Letter Kenny, right? Do you know the yeah. running bit on that show about the guy who perhaps <laughs> an ostrich? Yeah. And they're always like discussing like <laughs> whether he whether it could have feasibly happened or not, or like what would have had to have happened <laughs> yeah. for it to be possible. Like, yeah, an ostrich would take two, three people, maybe. You know, someone's got to hold him down. Someone's got to. Oh, I've heard it's a sick ostrich. They say that a lot. It's a too. sick ostrich. Okay. <laughs> How many packs a day is the turtle in China making its way through? Two. Yes. Lovely. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. What okay. on Jeff are shaped like little hearts? Hmm. Moles? Yes. That was kind of a guess, but mm-hmm. cool. Nice to mole you. Meet you. <laughs> Gotta chalk it up and make guacamole. <laughs> I thought that that was the funniest thing ever when I was a kid. And then now I'm like, you shouldn't laugh at someone because of that. Fucking <laughs> like oh. answers. What did Jeff do to his pizza in grade school? Oh, he used to little dab it with a napkin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you ever? Were you? A, were you a pizza dabber? No. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I, I should have been. <laughs> I definitely wasn't. Um, <laughs> what's happening behind Shirley during the oil wrestling match? <laughs> Well, my joke answer is who cares, but uh, <laughs> throughout the majority of this episode uh, mm-hmm. that's going on, Abed's delivering a baby. Yeah. My last question <laughs> is, what is Pierce's idea of a slightly more hip music than what he's into to play on the road trip with Jeff and Troy? Was it Kenny Loggins? It sure is. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Hell yeah. You made up for it, even though you missed the one that was literally catered for you. Yep. Before we hop over to uh, email questions, I want to – I mean I really shouldn't based on the quality of the email, but I want to call attention to an email I was sent from a friend of yours and I's, Benjamin Watson, who is a good friend of ours from high school. uh, You've heard us talk about being in show choir. He was in show choir with us and saying honestly I think good friend of yours and I is an understatement. He's a really good friend. And he wrote in a really stupid email. What? Vin's an anime guy. Yeah, he I, yeah he is an anime guy. But that's not what this podcast is about, <laughs> contrary to the belief of half of the people involved. In but Ben writes out – Ben, who's watched six episodes of Community, <laughs> writes in to say, if a bear shits in the woods and no one's around to see him, do you think he's bashful about his farts? <laughs> so I'm going to step over that. He also says, also, let's start a Letter Kenny podcast. Now, that's Ooh. something I know about right there, bud. The mm-hmm. reason I wanted to call out this truly dreadful email <laughs> from a good friend is that our friend is a very talented musician, and yeah. I thought we could uh, plug his music and where you can find it. He has an EP on Spotify that you can find called Where It Starts, and the artist's name is Benjamin Watson. So go look him up. Yeah, um, and for our Patreon Gold members, if you want a copy of my first ever song featuring Ben Watson... You won't uh, find it on the internet anymore. <laughs> you sure won't find it on I've the internet tried. anymore. But it exists. <laughs> you know, honestly, I was going to play at the end of this podcast the song that uh, plays when Pierce's mom plays herself out on the CD. <laughs> yeah, but I think I'll play one of Ben's songs. I'll give you Do guys a little, uh, a little clip it of one that I really like. So yeah, go check out his stuff. And he's really, ben, really good. Eventually, when you watch more community and start listening to this podcast, <laughs> uh, please don't email us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's do some fan trivia questions. 
fan trivia. Bam, 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 bam. Um, all right. <laughs> the first email is from Danny. She says, "Happy Monday, Zach and Steven. They're still alive, so that's good. <laughs> Happy Monday to you, Danny. It will be Monday potentially when she listens to this. Our show does come out on Monday, doesn't mm-hmm. it? She's, I think she's the first day on Monday. Um, hope y'all are doing well and are staying healthy and happy. My favorite moment in this episode was Chang running away from Duncan's force field in the cafeteria. Also, mm. that I forgot this was the episode where Abed has a whole story in the background, so that was a fun surprise. Anyway, mm-hmm. here are my questions. According to the AOL homepage, what animal okay. raised the tiger cub? I like turtles. <laughs> Not well, turtles. It wasn't the turtle, was it? Wasn't it wasn't the turtle. Was it the ostrich? <laughs> yeah. It was I do ostrich. like turtles. <laughs> I, but I appreciate your reference. Um, why did Shirley suggest not to use the East stairwell? Um, because her pastor says it's meth season. Yes. But also because, uh, there might be a dead body there potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's double right. Um, how many phases of the level five laser Lotus were shown in Pierce's pamphlet? Uh, five Five or six, maybe, but I would probably say five. I'd guess five. What is the nurse... That gives Jeff his results name. Oh, what is his character's name? Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie. <laughs> oh my God! A television yeah. program starring Edie Falco, I think is her name. Yeah, Something she like pop. That. It's like Doctor House, but with a, a woman. But with she a pops pills too, right? And it's on Showtime, so they can say. F- oh yeah, she's a black guy. We're not, point, so right? we can't. Yeah. Mm-mm. She get like, who punches her? I haven't actually watched the program, but I if think, you want to uh, find out who punches Edie Falco and gives her that black eye, check out Nurse Jackie streaming now on Showtime. I do know that uh, frontman of the band Green Day, Billy Joe Armstrong, plays a recurring character on Nurse Jackie. Oh, nice! Wonder if he punches her. That would track, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come on the show, Billy. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, let's, um, talk, let's talk about how <laughs> shitty your last album was. Uh, was that the one that was like, what was it called? What was their last one? Did they put one out since the really bad one? Has it been mm, two straight really bad ones? No. The one before was decent. The The new terrible one was uh, Father of All Motherfuckers. Yeah, that was ass. And the album cover was like the American Idiot album cover with like stuff like clip art pasted over it. Let's not talk about this anymore. I'm <laughs> sad. Um, where did Pierce say that Energon is harvested in? I'm not sure. I can remember when he was talking about it, but I don't remember mm-hmm. what he said. Steven's trying to, like, he's trying to manifest it. I can see it. He's, like, meditating. Are you, is it getting you anywhere? No? Oh, it's so. so close, but I don't think it's No, it isn't. It. <laughs> <laughs> um... Hugs from Mexico, Danny. Thanks, Great. Danny. Thanks for writing in, as Thanks always. Thanks for writing in. Yeah. All right. Next. From Mira. Hey, guys. This hey, is Hey, we Mira. should shout out Mira also as well. She yeah. did a video review of our podcast. Someone actually listens to this. Yeah. Thank you, Mira. It was really cool seeing. And, you know, I appreciate you sparing Zach's feelings and saying that we were <laughs> both your favorites, even though we both know that it was me. But that's okay. That's okay. It's okay. You know, Steven, I could live with that, but you're apparently you couldn't. <laughs> I'm just happy to be nominated. <laughs> okay. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, check out Mira. I think her YouTube name is Mira Mira. M-I-R-A, M-I-R-A. I've definitely retweeted it, but I'll do a more uh, obvious retweet of it or tweet of it around the time this podcast comes out. So go look at our Twitter if you'd like to see that. Vandabal. All right. Hey, guys. This is Mira. Just finished my season one listen and hope you guys enjoyed my review. Looking forward to season two with its absolutely fantastic episodes. This Mm -hmm. one isn't on the top of my list, but it's an interesting study into both Jeff and Pierce. And here is the trivia. When do we first see Abed with the pregnant woman in the episode? Uh, Right in the very beginning, while Jeff is talking in the study room, right before Abed comes into the room. Oh, I missed that one. I saw them outside first. It happens like five or six times throughout the episode, yeah. (laughs) I bet that I missed most of them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wowza. Um, Okay. Wow. (laughs) Listen, guys, we know I don't really watch the show. I'm doing my best. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally one of Steven's questions was, did you know that Aved was helping give birth in this episode? When, like, Steven, we all definitely... <laughs> this, this is like a thing, kind of community legend, that there's an episode where Aved has a whole storyline. And Well, did she you gets know, pregnant at the dance, right? Yeah, but you only know that because we talked about it. Did you? You only, only we. I only knew that because someone wrote that into us. Yeah. But did you know that in this episode, there's also a subplot of that subplot where Abed might be the father of the baby. I did not. All right. Oh wow, we got we got. Let's dissect. Um, let's, okay. Should we start over? Should you go actually? <laughs> um, how much money did Annie raise? I know this one. It's a hundred thirty-six dollars. 200 Shit. it was 236 dollars and then she says and britta well let's just say uh, including britta's it's around 250 dollars right britta i could be wrong i was wrong last week with five and a half hours but i'm almost positive it was 200 i might have been distracted by um abed having a baby in the background <laughs> exactly um i sorry Mir, i went out of order i skipped one um, what is advertised on the flyer behind Jeff right before they walk into the classroom? I got no clue. I did see it. I didn't take that close of attention to it. But my guess is it was something maybe carnival related. That's all I got. All right. I'll go with that. Um, what mm. toppings did Jeff get on his ice cream? Peanut butter and hot fudge. That sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm, I, I did notice that. that Pierce's ice cream had some big marshmallow pieces in it, and that's something I'm down for. Maybe some nice. Rocky Road is one of her moose tracks. I had a chocolate frosty last night. Okay. <laughs> it was solid. I did Pretty my, basic, uh... but definitely reliable. <laughs> well, I Certainly dipped my spicy reliable. chicken sandwich in it. I am not down for stuff like that. <laughs> I have a real disconnect with like, sweet and salty stuff. I like, like, chocolate-covered pretzel kind of things, um, but I don't really like the mix of most sweet and salty things. Have I talked about chips and cereal to you before? I don't know if that's the gross thing that you said on the <laughs> podcast or if it was something else, but it might have been. Yeah, chip, dry. Dry, of course. No milk, but unless it's to the side. But, like, chips and cereal in a bowl. Mix it up. Just pick any two, really. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Like any cereal and any chips? <laughs> Damn near it. We've been eating a lot of Oreo O's lately. I enjoy Oreo O's. Ooh, um, do some like Oreo O's and like some oh sour God. cream and onion, bro. 
I'm never gonna do that. <laughs> There's not a chance in hell I'm ever doing that. <laughs> Let's move on. Do we have more questions? We Can we do. stop this, please? <laughs> we do. Um, what are Jeff's moles shaped like? Hearts. Little hearts. Um, who is in the foreground when Abed is delivering a baby in the background? That would be Miss Shirley. Mm-hmm. Um, her honorable mention MVP for this episode is Pierce's mom. Her CD is the turning point of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the funniest moments is the deranged look on Duncan's face when he is using his force field to chase Chang out of the lunchroom. God, I love when John Oliver's in this show. I love when John Oliver's in this show so much. Yeah, yeah. Really, really, really good stuff from him. Have a great week, guys, from Mira. Whenever John Oliver is in an episode of this show, you know that there's going to be something really ridiculous to laugh at. Like, even, like, in Pascal's Triangle, which wasn't the favorite episode. Yeah. You knew that there, like, most of the funny stuff in that one was John Oliver. Mm-hmm. Do we have more? Do we have we another do. one? We do. We have one more. Um, this one is from Communities. Hi, Steven. Looking oh. forward to it, guys. What? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> start that from the top. Start that from the top again, please. I, w- I just want to make. Sh- I just want to hear something. What I want to make sure something. <laughs> Hi, Stephen. Looking okay. forward to it, guys. <laughs> Did you do something to make Dad mad? Is, oh is, man, is Daddy mad at Zach? <laughs> Was Zach a bad oh, that's boy? That's probably the hardest laugh I've had in the six months we've done this podcast. And I just want to say that I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> what the I'm, hell? I'm not that worried about Dad's it. Dad's getting up there, I guess, sometimes. Maybe it's because you read the trivia. <laughs> I guess. Okay. That that makes sense. <laughs> looking looking forward to it, guys. <laughs> I, 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 I Let me start from the top again, actually. You just um, want to hear it one more time yourself? <laughs> okay, let's do it. <clears throat> Hi, Steven. Looking forward to it, guys. I do okay. want to point out again that the woman that Jeff is flirting with in the nurse's office is Allison Bree Standen, and she clearly does not like Nurse Jackie. The show? Hmm. I wonder... Hmm. Wonder not why. a Green Day fan, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what does Nurse Jackie say that Jeff has that's infectious? I don't know. Charisma. Oh. A charm. Charm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, the student that comes late to the class asks if it's a specific class, and Duncan lies to keep her in mm-hmm. there. What is that class? I know it. Do you know it? I do. Go okay, ahead. Okay, say it on three. Because he obviously he's not asking me. So <laughs> who cares what I? Who cares if I know it? Right. I'll do, I'll just take this one. Okay. Yeah. I, um, you just you know what? I'm just gonna sit back. This episode. <laughs> back, it's just. I'm going to go deliver a baby in the background of Steven <laughs> podcasts about this episode of Community. All right, guys, let's get weird. Um, the answer to that one, Papa Smurf, <laughs> is um, anesthesiology. Um, we see our duo raising money three times. Which time raises the most money? That was the, the last time when they were wrestling. Um, next, we got... I thought it would take it easy on the last one. Thank you. This episode gets a lot of grief because it has the girls competing, and then it fails the Bechdel test. Bechdel? Bechdel? Bechdel test? A scene with two women where they don't talk about men. Ooh. And we often talk about how we don't think Annie is telling the truth about her and Jeff in a moment where she probably could have. All said, it's a fun episode with a really good lesson from Pierce's mom. Answers below, Matt from Communies. 
We got them all right. Um, okay, thank you guys. That's it for emails. Uh, I'm gonna bring Zach back in now. Uh, Zach, are you are you here with us? <laughs> <sighs> I don't think it's what the people want, Stephen. <laughs> It's just our dad. Listen, it's yeah, only it's okay. fair, you know. We each get one dad I, I, that it, wants It's us. still a better relationship than I have with my actual father. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are we done? Is that done? <laughs> yeah. I think it's time for a favorite segment of the week for Steven to all of a sudden remember that he has to relay the events of this episode back to us in a timely manner. Steven, are you prepared for this task? I'm ready. You got 20 seconds. I'll count you down and on go. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Pierce's mom is dead. Wait, no, she's not. Pierce's mom's not dead. She's surely alive and she's roaring on the inside. Something like a lion. But Troy's really traumatized. Um, but also, Annie and Britta are trying to save the pelicans. Uh, people don't really care because they, they're all they're on the right side. But then uh, Pierce is like, oh, my mom's not dead. And just like, yeah, she is. And he's like, oh, f-. And he's going to take him to the morgue. But he decides Stop. not to because, see. Oh, you ran a little long. I did. I did. I, I think Fla- you please did. Please strike CD from the record. You did. <laughs> you did pretty well that time. Uh, I I think you were missing that Pierce's mom is dead. It's not that she's not dead. <laughs> you didn't mention the cult at all. You didn't mention like you could have gotten uh, Duncan and Chang in there maybe somewhere. Yeah. So I'm gonna give that one a C. That's that's a very fair grade because you, you you did get a you you got both of the A and B plots, but you missed some pretty big stuff. <laughs> Uh, before we get started talking about our thoughts on the episode, what was your favorite funny moment? Okay, the time that I laughed the hardest mm-hmm. was when Annie and Britta are like arguing with each other, and it's when they kind of say the line with it that you know upsets Britta about her curling her hair, mm-hmm. and Shirley goes, mm, "You're not so different after all, skinny, skinny bitches. bitches." And yeah. I laughed so hard. That's a really good one. I <laughs> like this episode a lot. I feel like there's a chance we disagree on this. Um, no, I, I was mostly messing with you. Okay. I liked it more each time. I'll say that. Right after watching the episode, I spoke really positively of it in a text message to Steven, and he was like, F- you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't think he liked it that much. We'll get to that in a second. So I wasn't really thinking about the favorite funny moment one because I think this is full of a lot of really good jokes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go either with the moment and the turn from Troy crying about Pierce's mom being dead to Pierce walking in like he's on top of the world. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Or uh, the moment of which leads to something. <laughs> like or there's a lot to choose from because that's not even maybe my favorite Duncan moment because yeah. I have to give it to just go with this. <laughs> like there's I said, a lot this is of really, really not funny my forte. Bits in this one. Yeah. <laughs> And so I kind of spoiled it, but I really enjoyed this episode a lot. And I remember enjoying this one a lot from when I watched Community through the first couple times. Yeah. And then I I don't read the trivia questions when we get emailed them, but I do sometimes read people's beginning blurb. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing a couple people being like, this one's not exactly my favorite. And so I was yeah. kind of expecting not to love it. And then I did. I think just about everything in this episode works for me, even the subplot that I thought might not work for me and maybe mm-hmm. it shouldn't work for me, I think I have some valid reasons why it did work for me. Yeah. I liked it. Two thumbs up. I'll give this episode two wholehearted thumbs up. I Steven? would give this episode a thumb up and a half. I okay. 
think that even before I don't know. Jeff said one thing in this one that really rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. And upon like further watches, he wasn't as bad as I thought he was in the first watch of it through. <laughs> okay. But I never liked Jeff the first watch of any episode. I don't know. I love Joel McHale, but I I just can't stand Jeff most of the time. I don't know well, what it is. I thought there was a moment towards the beginning of this episode where I thought Jeff was pretty well written in this episode to where he kind of was getting to say like the Joe cool lines off in the background like mm-hmm. I don't know was, uh, talking wise in the corner while everyone else is doing their thing yeah and being like the cool guy but also kind of being like harmless I don't yeah. know I, th- I thought they did pretty well but I I don't know we'll see we'll see we'll see yeah but I like the episode overall sure. I really think the Britta and Annie stuff did work for me Um, I think that it you know, was real enough that it wasn't just, oh, let's put these two girls. And I think that the fact that Shirley was very vocal about, like, being left out of it was funny. Um, And when it builds to something completely ridiculous and totally uh, they knew what they were doing when they did it, I feel like they built to it in about the best way they possibly could have. Yeah. And then when it happened, I was like, well. We're here. Kicks feet back. Yeah. (laughs) I also really appreciate in this episode how this kind of, and we'll talk about it more later, my thoughts on Mm -hmm. it, but how Troy is kind of experiencing all of this Mm -hmm. and why he kind of does some things that he does in this episode, I kind of thought were really... Troy has a really good episode. Yeah. So I, I, big fan. I think this episode thematically is kind of like a sister episode to comparative religion a little Mm -hmm, bit and they even make a slight reference to it in the episode they do and that's one of my favorite season one episodes and to see that same topic of religion handled in just as thoughtful uh critical and ridiculous of a way again and that they still did it well and differently does a lot for me i think let's dig into it yeah the episode starts off right away with the Britta and Annie storyline that they're, they've built this really unrealistic diorama. That's a super, like, no one who doesn't have a TV prop department at their at their behest <laughs> is going to be making no. any of this. Shirley calls out immediately, you're right, oh, just the two of you? As they're working on this thing. They're making a display, not for class even or anything, they're literally just doing this because they want to raise money for the oil spill. Uh, obviously, I remember, you know, we're pretty young, but I remember when the oil spill was such yeah. a huge deal and kind of being like, I don't get it, but okay, apparently we're mad about this. And I feel like, isn't this, it's like still there, isn't it? Isn't it like still? I think that, yeah, they're still cleaning that up. I think it, it's still like bad. Yeah. You know, and this is like 10 years, almost 11 years ago. Well, and like they happen like pretty regularly just i not bp how does that how does that happen you know hey you know whoops oopsie (laughs) oh chili's what i do best (laughs) (laughs) well we dropped all our oil (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i don't know so they're they're trying to raise money for this it mimics the storyline from season one with the guatemalan murders Mm -hmm. um they're making this display to show how serious of a problem it is and the to scale replica of like one drop of oil represents 10 gallon 10,000 gallons of oil you're laughing at it i think it's kind of cool like if i was 
in school and I saw someone make that display, I'd be like, wow. Well, I think the display is great, but I don't think that 10,000 gallons of oil is equivalent to the drop she puts in. I think that's how much got – like if you take the size of that water that they have and relate it to the size of the ocean, that one drop might be 10,000 gallons of oil. No, I – I don't think the drop is near big enough for that is what I'm saying, even with that that scale. Well, I think what they're saying is that like <laughs> I get what they're saying, this. Zach. <laughs> I'm just I saying they're, saying they're wrong. More than ten, I think I don't think they're saying there's only ten thousand gallons. I'm saying they're saying <laughs> one drop from that dropper is to like scale ten thousand gallons I'm of really oil. Sorry. I'm saying it is not <laughs> I'm really sorry. I don't like this. <laughs> Let's be friends again, okay? Okay, we'll never it's talk only, about oil again. It's only again. fun when I'm mean to you, okay? <laughs> See, friends, uh, this is why we don't talk about fracking anymore. I think we should. <laughs> I think we should. Or why you and I specifically, because it gets too heated. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> okay. And it's literally like the line in this episode when they're like, come on, guys, literally no one is on the opposite side of this problem. <laughs> okay, so we're a good 14 minutes, 14 <laughs> seconds into the episode of Community. They put the oil in the water, and it's a really satisfying shot of, of, the, of the oil spreading in the water underneath it. Yes. You know, Russo Brothers got his hands on that. That's why it looks so good. It did look really nice. It made me think, you know those, like, I Spy books? I love looking at I Spy books. I don't care if I'm even trying to spy them, but I love, like, the way they just, like, set shit up, and that, like, reminded me of that. Interesting, interesting. I wasn't so much an I Spy kid as I liked the Magic Eye books where you have to, like, go cross-eyed for too long of a period of time to see out of the gibberish image what the picture is. Is that a BoJack Horseman reference? No. I'm tired of squinting. Shirley says, yay to having fun in pairs. <laughs> and I feel like that's what it's like when people come on our podcast yeah. and, like, we're doing our thing. And they're like, hmm. <laughs> Noth- nothing but love to Dom and Andre, but I thought it was really funny when we recorded our season one special with them that when we brought them into the Skype call, Steven and I were kind of doing, like, a... Not like quite a rap, but like a jam. We were collaborating yeah. a song about friends as we added them. <laughs> and they came in like, have we what? started already? And we're like, no, this is just us. This is just what no, we, we do. No, we're just goofing. Just new goofing. Jeff walks in and says, what's up, party people? It was a lot of this scene where Jeff was saying cool guy stuff yeah. that kind of worked for me while he was kind of harmless. Uh, he's got a Band-Aid on his arm. They make some <laughs> funny jokes about it. Jeff... Uh, announces that he waxes to the group which (laughs) makes a lot of sense it does and it immediately kicks off this storyline of jeff having a bit of a health crisis this episode he's just had blood work done and he's awaiting test results everyone's kind of like oh man are you okay and not really in a way that's like oh no but just like being thoughtful to a friend uh, except for Shirley, who takes it as a dark omen, which is like things yeah. are going too well for you, and I don't know that it has. Been I going thought that she well was saying him. that he was like sleeping with people, and he was getting tested for STDs. Oh, I didn't catch that, but that very well could be what she's. That's thinking. what I thought he was saying, but she also likes to be sure. ominous like that, so it could have been either way. 
And Jeff's in this shot, you'll see he's talking about how it was just a physical, even a Ferrari needs to I do like up. that line. <laughs> and in the background, we're already seeing the beginning oh, of Abed's episode-long story. I'll have to really walk Steven through this part because he mm-hmm. didn't see it. <laughs> and this is one of the first and most classic examples of how deeply layered of a show community can be. Mm -hmm. Because I was trying to watch this episode, and I was like, oh, this is when the Abed stuff starts, so I was watching that, and then I didn't know what Jeff said. Or likewise, I'm sure Steven was focusing on what's on the foreground, and you're paying attention to what Jeff said, so you don't even notice that that's going on in the background. Mm -mm. I'm sure a ton of casual watchers... Don't notice don't that at all, know. or like Stephen may, may just have noticed that when the baby's literally being yeah. delivered. Uh, it, it's really thoughtful and really, I don't know, it's, I don't know, it's really creative and it's really cool. And I'm sure it was fun for Danny to have this type of thing to do this episode, to totally. put that together in the background. I think it's really cool. It's some Arrested Development stuff. Too. They do some layered Certainly. comedy like that. I like how Jeff asks if they're moonshiners now because of the diorama. It's not exactly what it looks like, but Jeff's just yeah. like, I'm funny. I can make jokes. Right. They're raising money for the oil spill. Annie is glad that um, the Haiti earthquake – I don't know. She's glad. She was glad that the oil spill happened because the Haiti earthquake was too hard to come up with a way to help. <laughs> I feel like you could send them both money. You know, right? <laughs> But she can't make a diorama for the Haiti earthquake. That's not as cute. Yeah, Jeff makes his jokes about the AOL homepage, which I bet even in 2020, Jeff Winger would still have the AOL website as his homepage. Well, now he would have the the Yahoo as his homepage. I think mine might be. Yahoo? Oh, I'm Zach. opening my web browser. It's whatever my web browser had it set as. I think it no, – I use, I use Microsoft Edge. So it's like Do you the, really? Yes, I do. So my homepage is like the Microsoft it's like worse than Yahoo. It's like the Microsoft little news thing. <laughs> That's awful. I'm sorry. Get Google when Chrome. When I use Google Chrome, it keeps getting pop ups from the shady websites I visit. <laughs> Microsoft Wait, does Microsoft Edge, Edge not do, do that? that? <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't done it and Google does. Will my VPN work through Microsoft Edge? Your VPN works just on your device. Oh. Well, if you have, do you have Express? VPN? I do. This episode brought, brought to you by, by Express VPN. Do you want to watch let... Harry Potter, but you're in the United States? Well, just switch over to good old UK Netflix and watch you some Harry Potter. Do you want to watch the Ghibli <laughs> movies? Well, up over to Australia, mate, and watch the Ghibli movies on the Australian Netflix. I'm really trying to get one of my favorite podcasters who is Australian to come be on our podcast, so I really hope he doesn't listen to this one. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, ExpressVPN. Don't want Uncle Sam to know you're downloading the newest episodes of Nurse Jackie because you're too poor for Showtime. ExpressVPN's got your back. Somehow it's legal. (laughs) ExpressVPN. Are you tired of all those pop-ups on the American version of your anime site well switch over to the japan Steven, version you know that people that are sailing. listening to our podcast can't see you do air quotes well yeah okay, that's why so. you gotta subscribe to the like 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 smash that like button Troy walks into the study room abed follows him and you can see the pregnant woman start to walk away it's funny that 
Troy shows up, so Abed's like, okay, I gotta do something <laughs> else now. Apparently, what's happening in this scene is the woman telling Abed that he might be the father of the baby. Hi. And um, th- on the audio commentary, Donald made a lot of funny jokes, and he's like, I love it how this just means that Abed, like, f***s. <laughs> Donald said. And he's like, you know what, like, Troy probably doesn't at all and he probably thinks that abed just doesn't do anything when the two of them are together because troy doesn't do anything when the two of them aren't together but abed's out there getting dicked down yeah he's i really respect it abed's got game yeah he does abed has the most game in the group so troy walks in and something horrible has happened he walked in on pierce's mom's dead body and he's really shaken by it um, I think Donald Glover does do a really good job of reacting to yeah. this in a way that's believable, is in tune with Troy's character, and is still funny somehow, the way that he does it. Totally. Um, he tells that he went to do laundry and found Pierce's mom dead and talks a lot about, like, oh, you know, she was sick and she she died like a cat is what he says but says a bunch of stuff like you know i've never been close to a dead body and she looked so cold and yeah. i, I it, it's i feel like i don't know i've never had to do something like that and i bet it's f-ing traumatizing yeah totally it's uh he does a good job for sure and, it's, yeah. and it, like you said it's still funny and then you know after all the stuff like about her being cold and gray he's like i saw her underwear <laughs> yeah well, that's traumatizing. Not yeah. only did you just run into this dead body, you're also seeing her naked, kind yeah. of, and she's dead. Yeah, that, no. Uh, all of the girls come to confront him, which is really nice. They all totally feel what he's feeling. And then Pierce comes in, and he is whistling through his teeth, and he uh, he points at Jeff. He's just walking in. Just a beautiful day. I feel like now I, I knew there was going to be a time where it comes and here and now I have an episode where I can heap praise on Chevy Chase yeah Chevy is great in this episode and I'm sure Chevy the man read some of the things in the script and didn't get it at all some of the cult stuff mm-hmm. but he delivers it really really well i don't know how hard it would have been to get this type of performance out of him i don't know what it was like on set for everybody but as far as what's presented on screen i think pierce and chevy are just in about the finest form they've been yet yeah in this episode for sure so he walks in and obviously he's not phased at all by the fact that his mother is apparently dead and i love the switch in the room honestly i think a lot of the cast is really on their a game for a low-key episode this week uh, I think all of the girls do a really great job. Yeah, for sure. Um, the way that they're all reacting to how Pierce isn't reacting. And Pierce literally says, geez, who died? <laughs> and of course, like, the girls, Britta says, I'm so sorry for your loss or whatever. And and it doesn't phase them that Pierce actually thinks his mom isn't dead. Yeah. That's just like something Pierce would say, you know, that he just doesn't care about stuff. Exactly. And But Pierce is legitimately, like, shocked when they mention it, <laughs> that she's dead. It's like, why? And they're trying to be so genuine and helpful, but Pierce insists that his mom isn't dead. And and Pierce, I love the lines here where he's like, well, her heart, lungs, kidneys, and brain have stopped working. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah. And that means she used up her organic body by dying, by dying in it. In it. <laughs> Wrong. She's alive. Chevy 
really delivers a lot of these lines well. And there are a couple of lines throughout the episode that I think he says that it's always nice when a comedic line is delivered in a way that's different from just how it reads on the page where they put like a weird inflection on it or a weird rhythm to it that's just choice that makes it even funnier sometimes there are a couple of them in this yeah for sure i think like he and he's so good at doing like weird stuff anyway that this one i feel like all his weird choices were the right ones Yes, and I don't think it's weird choices. I think he's just weird, but (laughs) exactly. It was the right ones. It works really well. He starts talking about his cult, his religion, his, what's it called? It's like Buddhist something. It's like He says it later (laughs) on, I think. He talks about the process of what happens when someone dies in their religion. Their body is vaporized in the temple of renewal. That was the question that we didn't get right. Mm. Where is the body vaporized? Or I didn't get right. Is that one of your questions? Uh, No, it it was a fan question. It's vaporized in the temple of renewal and stored in an energon pod. And in a few years when their technology advances, which I'm sure they've been saying for however long this uh, religion has yeah. been in existence, they'll extract all her body vapors and she'll be right back. She'll be a solid. <laughs> she'll be back in the kitchen making Troy and me sandwiches, which endearingly it just makes Troy cry thinking about Pierce's mom making them sandwiches. Oh. And Pierce is like, what the hell? I just said <laughs> it. I just explained it. He's like, well, he's weird. like, why are you sad? She's fine. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, and, and, and Pierce delivers and Jeff, all these lines like so like he's he believes this, you know, full heartedly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and Pierce is someone who I don't know, he's such a weird guy that I think a lot of times he says stuff just to say stuff. Yeah. But this one is real. He's mm-hmm. he believes this, and this episode will go on to do such a good job of taking this ridiculous thing serious to the point of like you understand why Pierce is using this as a coping mechanism yeah. for a lot of things in life. So we'll get into it. Shirley says, Pumpkin, it's okay to Troy. And Britta kind of gives Jeff a look like, can you fix that? And Jeff has a total vibe of, I'm not touching this. Like, <laughs> I don't blame him. That That's messy as yeah, hell. Yeah, I wouldn't get involved. Of course that won't last, but yeah. And he just talks about the turtle in China. Two packs, Two packs a, day. a day. And three for three, we get a full theme song. Woo-hoo. I would be remiss not to mention that the great Chevy Chase was on the audio commentary for this episode. And when the theme song sequence came up, he was like, I wish you'd change this. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> you don't like the theme song <laughs> sequence? He was like, no. <laughs> and they were like, why? And he got quiet for a second and he was like, I don't know. It's on paper. <laughs> <laughs> Now, and, it's now Saturday Night Live, that's an opening sequence. Yeah. It was me walking the streets of New York. Uh, <laughs> and and then the writer of the episode, Hillary Winston, was also on the commentary. And she said something like, well, didn't you ever use like a cootie catcher before, like in school? And Pierce or Chevy, <laughs> the real human being, was like, no. He was like, I thought cooties were just what I pulled out of my butt. That's literally what he said. <laughs> what the f- I just like how he just has to be a contrarian and is like, oh, I don't like the theme song. Like, I don't know. It's on paper. I don't know. It's cool. I don't know. It's on it's paper. It's rad, Chevy. Get over it. 
After the theme song, Jeff is contemplating life at the water fountain as everyone crowds <laughs> around him. And I really like his line about them being like feeding cats. Yeah. The entire study group circles around him and he's like, if you guys let me get to the can opener, I can <laughs> eat That is what it's like sometimes, yeah. even with just one cat. I'm like, get out of the way. I'm literally it's trying like, to get you food or water <laughs> or something, what you're begging me for, and you're a wall. <laughs> Everyone has an agenda. They all want to take care of Pierce's thing. He's he's going crazy. Or this is another thing. This walk and talk here where I thought Jeff was pretty good. Yeah. Where he's just looking at his phone. Abed points out that Pierce hasn't cried yet, which he's been told isn't normal. <laughs> and Jeff really, he's just kind of like looking at his phone, not really taking any of what they're saying seriously, not wanting to get involved. Shirley has a line about Baptists being her explanation for normal. I mean... It's not the Westboro Lutheran Church. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about Lutherans. I don't know if they're crazy. I don't know. Everyone's crazy. I like Martin Luther the person. thought he was pretty good. Martin Luther or yeah. Martin Luther? No, Martin Luther, the guy he's named after. Like the 1800 or? Yeah, that dude. I think okay. he had some pretty good ideals for the most part. I can't speak to this. Is he the one that nailed stuff to the church door? Maybe. <laughs> okay. I like the movie. Um, Shirley's like, well, even weird people have a service for the departed and mentions together Eskimos, witch doctors, and Jewish people. Shirley. Annie's, Annie's quip of like, cool, we made it to the list. And Shirley's like, yeah, you're welcome. Which just <laughs> continues like nice the fight moment. between Annie and Shirley constantly. Yeah. Uh, and even Britta is like it's important that Pierce comes to terms with this and and uh, he sa- she says something backwards about religion that like it's something that uh, mankind uses to cope with the inevitable or something like, like that like mankind and, made and up she, yeah made up to cope with the inevitable mm-hmm. and Shirley's like excuse me you want to rephrase that and she says oh I'm sorry humankind which really kind of harkens back to the Christmas episode from before. Where oh, for sure. Kind of just the the quip of like, man, the show like really takes seriously at this point what all of their characters actually believe. Yeah, and their convictions and how that can lead to well intentioned discourse that becomes kind of snarky mm-hmm. because my belief hypothetical doesn't match up with yours and we can talk about that but we're gonna reach a gap and we're gonna reach a point where like i say something that you're like well no no that's not how it is and i'm yeah. like well yeah yeah it is yeah it is I, you know and i like that this show does that you don't see that so often uh shows are so like a religious or like the characters just don't yeah. talk about it or the thing where like the family goes to church where like church is a setting on the mm-hmm. show but that's all you know i don't know i like that the show dives a little bit deeper into that yeah this is where Jeff mentions, well, did we learn nothing from last Christmas? That we all learned to respect each other. And Jeff thoughtfully says, like, I don't see a, a, a difference between Pierce's religion and everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Of, of course it is different yeah. because it's crazy. But <laughs> Jeff's heart is kind of in the right place. Yeah. But it's mostly because, as always, he's focused on himself. Yeah. that That's the thing is, like, it'd be great if, like, what he were saying were super genuine, but he just wants yeah. them to leave him alone so he can do his thing. Yeah, he says, yeah, you guys are hard on me for not caring about religion, but at least I'm cool enough to let you guys believe what you believe. Eh. <laughs> but I do really like how this interaction ends with, 
after giving the speech to the people and shutting them down a little bit, he just pulls up his phone, hello, and walks hello? away. <laughs> his phone that doesn't ring that he's been typing on this whole time. And then Troy saying, he ends so many of his speeches that way. <laughs> I don't know if that was, he ends so many of his speeches that way with, can't you just be cool like me? Or if he ends them with, hello, as he walks away. Either way, I like it. Or both. Probably and believe both. it, yeah, probably both. Now we're into such a blessing of this episode mm-hmm. is all the time that we get to spend in the anthropology classroom. Uh, I say that we're two for two for really good Chang stuff in an episode. I He's think so. in even less of the episode this time. But when I think of like the type of student Chang stuff that I really, really like, it's this, this episode is like the first thing that comes to my mind. It's so good. But everyone comes into the class. Uh, Shirley is trying to be nice and says, hey, Pierce, how's your mom? And Pierce is terrific. <laughs> She's being vaporized right this moment. There are a lot of good lines in this scene, too, about the religious side of things, like how being vaporized, is it feels like the second when the fudge on your Sunday is still hot or breaking in a boob job for the first time. <laughs> oh... I like uh, Troy's of your earthly body, which sounds nice. (laughs) Yeah, Troy Troy says it is a burden. It is a burden. (laughs) Professor Duncan walks into the classroom, and like I said earlier, it just—I'm so thankful whenever John Oliver is in an episode of this show. John Oliver, in another world, if he could have been in every episode character on the show, I'm sure the show would have been all the better for it. For a show that's already great, you know. Yeah, he's just so funny. And I've heard that he's one of those actors, comedians on set that he won't do anything the same way twice. Mm-hmm. So you get something a little bit different every time he does it. And I feel like that shows that he's trying something new every time yeah. you see him doing something. And I really respect that. And it creates a lot of unexpected laughs, I think. And I'm sure it was hard to work with on set because it just makes you laugh all the time. Yeah. And I love how I think he just does such a great job with all the characters, like fitting in with them and... Mm-hmm. really seamless, seamlessly kind of working through and, and his relationship with Chang is a big part of that yeah way more than Chang ever did as a teacher like you know we have mm-hmm. a scene later where Duncan and Jeff talk over lunch he really yeah. does immerse himself well with the characters or like he's kind of being creepy to the women I don't know yeah. I, you kind of forget that he's like in charge of them and that he's a professor because he's so bad yeah <laughs> There's a nice little bit of continuity where we talk about Professor Bauer again mm-hmm. that uh, she – because she tried to strangle Jeff. And Jeff's <laughs> like, yep. That she has been put on administrative leave with pay. With so pay. she's not working, but she's still getting paid. I feel like that's pretty uh, common of colleges for a professor to need to be removed but to still be fully compensated. Yep. Sounds about right. So he turns around to start his lesson and says, so what is anthropology? Because I do not know. Does anybody <laughs> know? Can anyone tell me? And of course it's Annie, you and the boobs. That's a, <laughs> a line that doesn't age well, but no. I remember it being a pretty classic line. Because mm-hmm. Annie even like, she Covers like pulls up her, her sweater yeah. more over. But still uh, uh, excitedly answers the question that's been posed. And he's like, wow, I thought psychology was hard. (laughs) And now we get the introduction of Chang for the episode, which I'm so thankful for his bit in this. He swings open the doors, and we're getting a pickup of the rivalry that really blossomed between the two of 
Chang and Duncan in the season one finale. Yeah. Uh, Duncan is def. I think it ended with Chang beating Duncan up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He uh hit hit that roll of quarters or yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and Chang, he opens. He like strolls in like he's in a western. You know, yeah. as the doors to the saloon open for him. And he heard that Duncan was teaching anthropology, so he got himself into the class. Uh, he calls Duncan drunk. Duncan says he's not, but he did say he slept on the sidewalk last night. No, that, he says that he, later. Here he says does that he he's say not it later? drunk, but he blew beneath the legal limit just this morning, so he can prove he's not. <laughs> That's reassuring. <laughs> he... Duncan makes a big deal in front of the class to everyone and says, I want you all to know that this guy what does he say attacked me mm-hmm. or assaulted me last year and he has a restraining order and i love the way that this sequence is shot where chang pulls out the uh the tape yeah. measurer and says 25 feet and makes a big show out of how he can be in the classroom and the <laughs> amount of space he needs to be away from duncan which just like duncan looks it's like hilarious. a deer in headlights responding yeah. to it i love the chang calls for abed he's like abed like so not making a deal of it. Like, he and Abed planned this before. Yeah. They discussed this before, where it's like a choreography thing, you know? Like, Chang's like, Abed. And I was like, yep. And he it's just like, runs it. up. Boom. And pulls the tape <laughs> measure to see that it is, in fact, more than 25 feet. Chang doesn't even say anything. He just no. has this look on his face. I think Ken is doing comedic wonders in these couple of episodes. He's delivering his lines and he's selling his facial expressions. I think way more than he did in season one. Yeah, I think so too. He really is. He is the character now, you know, as opposed to like he's doing the teaching stuff and acting. In season there, one, but... Chang is great, but yeah. in season one, it's kind of like the Hangovers, Ken Jong in exactly. Community. And I know that in the beginning of Community, we talked about it in the very early days of the podcast, that Ken improvised a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think they were kind of annoyed with it sometimes, like how apparently there's a 16-minute take of the scene in the second episode where he's like introducing himself to the class, mm-hmm. where he's just always like going, going, going. And now I think he's more game. Yeah. You know, I think he's more in it for, what I, for, the, for the greater good. And they don't give him a ton, so I think he really makes a meal out of whatever they give him every episode. Absolutely. He blows off the tape recorder like a uh, like a gun, and then he says, proceed, Dr. Teeth. Was that a Muppets <laughs> reference? Is Dr. Oh. Teeth, is that his name? The band leader of the Electric Mayhem? Is it Dr. Teeth? Because his name is something Teeth. I think it might be Dr. Teeth. It might be Dr. Teeth, actually. If I Google Doc, it is. It's Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Nice. I like some Muppets. I like some Muppet connection. Big fan. Duncan is defeated, and we cut now outside where Britta and Annie have set up their diorama for everyone to see, and they're beginning their fundraiser, trying to raise, trying, trying to raise money for this, for this case. And Britta's yelling facts about it, not really getting anywhere. Meanwhile... Annie has someone that she's talking to very closely, getting information from them, trying to get money out of them. And we see red-haired student King Eric Wisniewski uh, giving a really classic line when he responds to Britta with, you don't have to yell at us. Literally no one's on the other side of this. (laughs) I think that's a really funny line. And it's become a bit of a meme in the community fandom where Mm. people are arguing over the same thing and that's – yeah. Nobody is nobody is disagreeing. disagreeing. So Britta is immediately feeling like she's not 
doing enough, that she's not getting the attention out of people that she should be. And Annie's having no problem mm -hmm. uh, doing that. And Britta notices that she's certainly not intentionally, but her girly, uh, semi-flirty, high schoolish nature with people is attracting people to want to come throw a couple bucks so they can hang out with a pretty girl for a couple minutes. Absolutely. Now, also during this scene, this is the first one that I did notice with Abed in the back with the pregnant woman. And yes, what's happening here yeah. is Abed is getting in a repercussion with the pregnant woman's boyfriend. Getting in Watch a this. Watch like this. That. Yeah. Because the guy and then knocked, Abed runs away. Yeah, he knocked yeah, because Abed's stuff he's out of heard his that maybe yeah, mm -hmm. he's heard that maybe Abed is the father of this child, and they're having a repercussion. We'll update that later in the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. And now we see a little bit more of Annie being flirty. She's giggling. She totally is pushing out her chest just yeah. a little bit. Uh, and the guy is saying, "I'm going to give you another twenty. <laughs> Apparently, this is one of the Derek comedy guys as well. Oh, wow. I really liked it on the commentary when Donald's there, whenever they're, one of the Derek comedy people shows up. He always points it out and hypes them up, which I, I like think that. is cool. So the guy gives her a little bit more money, and Annie says thank you very bouncily. <laughs> and, you know, I think this episode is full of so many memorable bits that feel like little gifts that didn't exactly have to be in this episode, mm -hmm. like this scene we're about to get with Patton Oswalt yeah. as Nurse Jackie. Jeff is showing up to get his results, I believe, from the the blood work that she's done, that he's done, and he literally says, I'm here for my test results if you haven't framed them yet, which is a very Jeff Winger line. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. He says, hey, hey gorgeous. gorgeous. To who is Annie's body double, as uh, our Papa Bear let us know earlier in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Now, Patton doesn't get a lot in this episode, but he's very, very funny. He's so great. I was actually just talking earlier to, uh, you know, Justin, a friend of ours, and he was saying that, you know, Patton Oswalt, and he's also comparing him to Sean Astin, he said that no matter what they're in, they're always like a bright spot. And I totally agree. He's like, I always enjoy him. You should hop back on the AP Bio train. I was just about to say, I need to watch more AP Bio. I feel like you watched half or most of the first season. Yeah, I think most I think of the first some season. Of it together. Mm -hmm. And the first season of the show, I enjoyed it, but with how many people that I really liked were in it, I think I was a little bit underwhelmed just because it wasn't the funniest thing I had ever yeah. seen. And now it's been on for three seasons, and the more it's on, the more that I truly love that show, and that it like genuinely fills a bit of the gap that's left behind from Community in a different way. It's a super anarchic show that's really funny, and it has a great job of like balancing that Glenn Howerton's character isn't going to learn any lessons and mm -hmm. isn't going to become like a warm, softy teacher guy, and they keep that, but they also kind of. Mm -hmm. twist him a little bit in a way that doesn't feel cheesy or forced at all okay i and like the that. kids in it are super funny Patton, of course is very funny mm -hmm. and his character just gets better as it goes on he I love was that show. he was maybe i mean even my favorite part from the beginning when i was watching mm -hmm. and i love glenn mm -hmm. howerton so half of communities are community papas uh, matt from communities and alex from six seasons in a podcast host the ap bio rewatch podcast together which I recorded an episode of with them that hasn't been released yet, but definitely go listen yeah, to what they have out and check out. it out. So yeah, now we're here. Patton's in the in the like it's a really nice nurse 
setup for Greendale. Yeah, it is. Got a lot of pet. Nicer than expected. Yeah, they've got like a whole medicine rack at CVS. Mm-hmm. It, it literally looks like some CVS stuff, doesn't it? <laughs> Tells Jeff that he has something infectious, which scares him right away, and then says charm, and they both laugh about it. <laughs> uh, Patton is totally like, you know, buying into what Jeff wants to be sold to him, and he he says, you know, like, Jeff, you look great, everything's great, you seem really healthy, uh, your cholesterol is just a tiny bit high, so you might want to do a little bit, you know, even though your moles are shaped like hearts, get a prescription, it's not a big deal, no big deal, and Jeff immediately freaks out. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a man who probably hasn't really ever is suddenly overcome in a in a sitcom comedic way with this fear of mortality yeah all of a sudden he's like that he can and will eventually die is coming to mind and this is a topic that i think about way more than i wish i did Mm -hmm. so seeing it projected in tv you know it's really relatable to me and i think that's part of why i like this episode and why i Mm -hmm. like jeff in this episode even if his plight is that he's super healthy and he's starting to get a little bit older so he needs to watch it a little bit yeah it's slight and his his overreacting is is definite but a lot of this works for me and it's nice to see jeff go through this Mm mm-hmm Nurse Jackie tells him to eat some egg whites, and and I love the the back and forth when Jeff says, like, well, first, when Jeff's reacting the way he does, Nurse Jackie says, did I accidentally tell you you have AIDS? Like, I've done that before. <laughs> he must just be telling people that they have AIDS all day for real, so, like, one slips yeah, every now like, oh, and then. Oh, shoot, wait, wait, not you. Not you, the next one. Uh, I like this back and forth where... Jeff says, I treat my body like a temple. How could this happen? And I really like Patton's line here. I think it's his best when he says, Well, I can't be the first person to tell you that the temple doesn't last forever. I mean, it's made of hamburger. This is a this is a temple of doom. I really <laughs> like the way that he doom. says all of that. And as Jeff, like, the camera closes in on Jeff as he's, you can see how existential he's getting standing in this room. <laughs> and I don't know about you, Stephen, but I've definitely had moments where I feel like this where something triggers me into an existential oh, yeah. kind of thought and the person who got me to that point is still talking to oh, me yeah. and I'm just like doing my <laughs> own thing over here I'm like spiraling downward in my mind I'm sure we've probably been through that together oh I'm sure <laughs> but all Nurse Jackie is talking about while Jeff is getting existential is the Temple of Doom Indiana Jones <laughs> film and how it's not really that good Hey, no. I think it's really funny Yeah, a great little appearance from from Nurse Jackie. Jeff says that he needs to be alone because now, as I've also been in a situation that he's in that existential thing, he needs everyone to know. He needs to, like, make it clear to everyone what he's, he's going like, through. I'm not doing well, so I need to, uh... And the nurse responds with, well, you know, you could leave and that would get you alone. Joel plays this moment off really well, though, even though it's kind of played for laughs. Yeah. I believe what he's thinking. And then Nurse Jackie gets prepared for a full day of giving some pap smears to people. Yikes. Hand sanitizes, just hand sanitizes and gets ready. As Jeff yells, there is no God from the outside. (laughs) Funny scene, funny building up of what the characters are going through in this episode. 
now we're in the cafeteria and Jeff's taking that advice. He has a bunch of hard-boiled eggs and he's getting rid of the yolks and eating the whites. Are you an egg man? I like hard-boiled eggs. And I like, I like hard-boiled eggs. Uh, it's not my egg of choice. Mm-hmm. What's your egg of choice? Uh, Probably over medium. Is that what you order when you go to like a egg establishment? Yeah. I like mine sunny side up. I used to be a sunny side up guy. But I had like the over easy, over meaty. I, mm-hmm. I think I just really like eggs. I, I'm getting back into my love with eggs. I'm glad that you're able to uh, get back to that. I had gotten away nice, from it for a while. I was like yeah. really grossed out by eggs for like a solid, like, I don't know, almost a year. Now I'm back on the train. As Jeff's doing that, uh, Shirley walks up to him to ask if he got the results from his test back. Of course, as always, Shirley's underserved in this episode, doesn't have a plot of her own. But I think this episode does a good job of showing how she goes from group to group, not really fitting in with them, but kind of pushing herself into everyone's situation. Yeah, and she tries uh, I, to I help, we, and, and she cares. I wish we saw more from Shirley, but I think this episode did a solid effort to find a way to fit her into this in a better way. Yeah, and I think they almost bring attention to the point that they kind of aren't putting her in anything, but... Yeah. She's still there. But that's a small problem with this show is that as it goes on, they constantly call attention to how they don't do enough with Shirley. Mm-hmm. And it's never fixed by doing by more doing with, Shirley. with Shirley. Yeah. Yeah. So she asked Jeff if he got the test results back and Jeff immediately snaps back. I'm fine. Shirley's like, well, I figured you were fine. I was <laughs> just asking to be nice. We get a really great display of a bag of Let's Potato Chips. Yeah, we which do. Which is... A great staple of community and and really just pop culture at large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Shirley tries to talk to him about uplifting things to make him feel a little bit better because he's clearly going through some stuff. And Jeff's just like, yeah, whatever. We're all going to die. <laughs> and we all have these notions. This feels like a Dan Harmon written line. Yeah, right. When he says, The fact is everyone's dying. And we all have these little notions that we're the exception, but we're as wrong as we are dead. Which is a little bit, I feel like that's a little bit true. It's pretty morbid. I don't think any of us think that we're not going to die, but I think a lot of us, I, you know what I mean? There is a, there's a definite disconnect. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I don't know. As Steven becomes aware of his mortality. Well, I think that's the thing, is, is Jeff very clearly hasn't at least been around Ever thought about death it. that he's thought about his own being a real possibility. You know, Jeff's privilege is showing. Boom, well, boom, boom. sure. I'm sure that it – and now my constant anxiety over it isn't because of my any way like lack of privilege. It's yeah. just because I'm a little nuts. Right? Well, and I wasn't <laughs> saying – I'm saying, you know, but, but Jeff specifically, like, you know, he like – Sure. He's lived But I can pretty... also imagine on the flip side of that, if you go that long in your life with never even having to think about it, I bet it would be f- – traumatizing yeah, when, you when finally all of a sudden do. you start thinking about it. Not to say that that limits the the flip side of that. But well, and I, I, I definitely see know would. people who for most of their lives never did have to think about that and then once they then did, they, died. they well, and even though they're, you know, in their, you know, 20s, they started thinking about it and then it like really freaked them out to the point that they kind of sure. got real paranoid, you know. And of course, I'll be honest and say that I wasn't thinking about it until probably after high school, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know. So Jeff says that, and Shirley tries to stay positive with the. That's that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> 
Now we cut to Britta and Annie. Something I would like to say about this plot line here, why this works a little bit better for me, even though, man, it's just about as base level of a plot as you can give Mm -hmm. to your female characters on a show. I think this episode does a decent job with showing the type of footing Britta and Annie would be on after their shared experiences with Jeff without mentioning it or saying that that's why there's some tension between them, and maybe that's not the only thing. But, it's but I think it's a, a reason why they're both working together and why they're butting heads with each other. Because mm-hmm. they're trying to show that there's no problem, but... Right. Shirley shows up again to be like, hey, how's it going with the thing that you're doing that I wasn't invited for? And Annie has her line that we mentioned earlier. It was 236. says, it's great, I made 236, plus Brita's mix... Almost 250. (laughs) And Britta is... Her cracks are showing. She's having a lot more trouble uh, hiding what she's thinking. Yeah. Greendale cares about this issue. What Annie says, which makes Britta snap. And she says that guys are giving Annie money because she's got this sexy schoolgirl routine. Which Annie... Is like, oh, I don't do that, or oh, I do that. What? I have no idea. What do idea. you mean? I can't speak because we're gross men, but I feel like there is a little bit of a thing where, especially in high school and like early years of college, where there would be girls that would kind of act like this, and then if they were questioned on it, they'd be like, what? I don't do that. Oh, twirls totally. hair. Yeah. I definitely do that whenever Steven's around. Well, yeah, vice versa. Why do you think I grew my hair out? It's for you, Zach. Wow. I like it. It looks nice. Not that like I like it. It suits or you well. And Annie, but she does uh, rightfully say, uh, that's me. You know, you're just commenting on, like, parts of me. It's not a, a, a facade that I'm doing. It, it's because of how Britta's kind of insecure about herself that she sees the way Annie is confident that way. I don't know. Yeah, I think that, you know, Britta has been holding in a lot of feelings on Annie for a long time, and some of those are starting yeah. to slip out. And I think that, you know, the flip side kind of happens later on with Annie more so. Uh, Yeah. But yeah. I really like the turn of lines when Britta says, like, you act like you don't know all of this when really you know that, like, high school guys or whoever, however she says it, that they have, like, a sock named after her. Yeah. Which is a pretty edgy line for a network Uh, Yeah, it sure is. (laughs) But the way Annie takes it as, well, and if people have a sock puppet of me, that's their thing. (laughs) So innocent. So naive. Oh, Annie. Which is why, and this will make some people mad, she she and Jeff shouldn't be together because Jeff would, like, f-ing destroy all that. Absolutely. Moving on. <laughs> Shirley's like, I may just be an outsider here because I was, I was never, never called. called to participate. <laughs> but she gives her good advice and says that it looks like Britta's upset because she's making less money than you. And Britta says the only reason Annie's making more money is because she's selling out her gender. And then Shirley starts eating chips. She's like, ooh, Ooh. now it's getting good. Let's see what's going on here. And we get – they do lines like this sometimes in the show. We get our first turn of this where they go from bitter much to say bitter much much much, to say say bitter much much much. (laughs) It's a little bit BoJack Horseman. It is very BoJack. (laughs) And he kind of sits up extra straight. And he's like, I pushed my chest out because I used to wear a back brace. It's not my fault. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Sherla's like, that's why. Keeps eating her chips. Now we're back in anthropology class. It's another day, and Pierce has shown up with uh, what appears to be a lava lamp. And I also love this episode a lot because a lot of these things are parallels to the season five episode that they did the table read of recently. Yeah. Uh, when they all have the lie detector and stuff and they all have like – they have the lava lamp with Pierce's energy inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I love that episode, which makes this feel also kind of like a cousin to that episode. Yeah, totally. Uh, Pierce explains that it's not a lava lamp. It's his mom. It- <laughs> that line made me laugh every single time. I don't know why his delivery was so good. That's not a lava lamp. It's my mom. <laughs> And the way Troy reacts, oh, snap, like it's a yo mama joke, and then realizes it's not, says, wait, what? (laughs) Really funny as well. And yeah, honestly, this situation is just so rife with comedic potential. And there are so many jokes and misunderstandings you could make out of all of this. And they milk it really well in this episode. There's so many funny lines. The temple finished vaporizing Pierce's mom and put her in an Energon pod, which turns everyone... Her vapor is the bubbles. <laughs> Jeff makes a joke about uh, how much it would cost, and it, it makes it seem like it, the cult makes it appear to be really expensive. So they can drag yeah. money out of these people, kind of similar to what we hear of Scientology. Right. Uh, this was a but question. It, it was, where was it harvested? And I guess I... By super, yeah, bees, super bees in Buddha's meteor crater. Mm-hmm. This is one of those lines that I'm sure Chevy had no idea what he was saying. None of those words, Again, yeah. he's delivering his stuff really, really well in this episode. <laughs> I like Jeff's jokes about, oh, it's the Sky Mall and the Sharp, Sharp Image Valley. Yeah. And it appears just does not dignify with res- oh, the response. He just kind of scoffs at Jeff. And then you were right. Duncan comes in apologizing for having overslept because the sidewalk <laughs> is more comfortable than it looks. Gosh. Chang makes another joke, uh, calling him drunk. And, and Duncan clearly is in a headspace where he's even less able to deal with the stuff that Chang throws at him. Yeah. He says, shut up. So where did we get to yesterday? Which is nowhere, you know. And Duncan even says to Chang, who keeps giving him trouble that, you know, I've had kind of a hard day, so if you could just, like, take it easy. Yeah. And then he starts walking closer to Chang, which this is such a funny, that such a funny so idea. That was so well done there. <laughs> the way that they really make it feel like there's a literal force field between them that as, because Chang is so conscious of the 25 feet, so as soon as Duncan starts walking forward while he's talking, Chang feels the force <laughs> pushing him. He gets behind the next row of desks. Uh, Duncan realizes this power that he has and decides he's going to take advantage of it. One of my favorite line deliveries in the episode is the way that Chang just says, I deserve to be here, sir. Yeah. <laughs> when the only reason he's there in the first place is to give Duncan shit. You know? Well, he was already in the class before Duncan became the teacher. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. Wow. I guess you watched the episode this time and I did. <laughs> Maybe I should have just left and not come back. <laughs> it's okay. Next week, I'm sure he'll write an email just to you. Yeah, I'm just doing this as a ploy to get communities to say nice stuff about me. Don't do Dad, it, Dad. Just tell, just, tell me, just tell me I'm pretty. That's all I want. I want to know that you think I'm pretty. Uh, <laughs> so... Duncan takes advantage of this, tells Chang he hopes he has good hearing, and pushes him out of the door. I will say, though, and then Duncan immediately turns back around, back to the desk. Chang could have come back inside. But whatever. That's just grasping for straws. Mm -hmm. 
He asks again, where did we get to yesterday? Jeff says they were talking about humanity, uh, talks about death more because he's thinking about it a lot. And now he is uh, – now he's actually concerned about Pierce not thinking about death seriously because he's thinking about death seriously. You know what I mean? Well, is like, he just, concerned uh, about it or does he, or does he just want nobody else to be like – he doesn't want anyone to It's like if I feel miserable, it. everyone else has yeah. to feel miserable too. Yeah. Because, you know, because before he was, like, super, like, not necessarily even supportive of Pierce, but he wasn't going to, like, shit on him. But now, you know, he's he's joking about the lava lamp already, and I don't totally. know. I think it's not too bad yet, but I think he does a couple of mean-spirited things. Duncan says, true, all life ends in death. Uh, and then this is that bit that I really love, because he really sells it yeah. as if he's got something to take off of this. So he says, which as a species which we as a species are cursed with knowing, resulting in, and writes on the chalkboard <laughs> and says it as he writes it out, something. <laughs> Again, this is really not my field. <laughs> uh, so Jeff is taking this as an opportunity, as he often does in this classroom, to mm-hmm. turn this around to whatever he's dealing with this week and brings up, say, Professor... What would you say is the difference between a religion and a cult? And Duncan, again, just classically, he's like, you know what? That's a good question. <laughs> what does everyone else think? Because I don't know. And the book is expensive. <laughs> Jeff becomes a little bit less subtle and says, well, I think a cult would sell you a tube of Jello and and tell you that your mom's inside of it. Which surely uh, says Jeffrey. And I think it's nice that now Shirley's coming I do too. to... Uh, vouch for Pierce because I think Shirley is quick to judge. Well, she's usually the least should, tolerant by far. But she should rightfully understand the coping mechanism and the importance of it mm-hmm. to the person even if you don't agree with it. Totally. She should totally get that. And it's nice to see her do that and it not really be called attention well, to Well, and I think she I mean, she even came to Jeff and said, like, thank you for, like, showing us that we should have just been more accepting in the first place. So clearly what he said mm-hmm. to her early on, you know, had an impact. Mm-hmm. Duncan starts talking about how, like, are you guys just bringing your personal stuff into this? Because I'm fine with it. I don't have anything else to say. And I like that they fit in a little shot of Chang peering through yeah. the window. Reformed Neo-Buddhism. Yes. It's not a cult. It's a new way of looking at the world, <laughs> obviously. And I really like the lines here because Troy says, oh, like a video game. And the way Pierce says, he's like, yes, Troy, very much like a video game. <laughs> like he's he, – he was really hoping someone would pick up the baby right? he was throwing down. And he goes on to explain you gain levels and at a certain point you can actually eat a ghost, which Troy is very excited about <laughs> to the point where he's willing to convert after at least being a pretty uh, – openly practicing jehovah's yeah. witness if if he if he knows he can need a ghost following something else he'll try it well and also i think kind of as this goes on and maybe i'm just reading too far into it but i feel like troy maybe also wanted this because that would mean that you know the death that he saw that was so traumatic for him like wasn't real anymore you know it was just a a pause and not her actually being dead dead which i could see troy in his kind of you know not childlike, but his kind of, you know, wide-eyed way that he wants Newer the world to be. Newer to being on his own and coming yeah. to terms with his personal spirituality versus, like, his growing up mm-hmm. religion. If there's you know? an option where people um, don't have to die, that would be ideal for him. Yeah, you might be looking a little bit too into yeah. it, but I do think that that's a good parallel to draw. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Jeff jumps on that and says, Troy, don't let him pollute you with this. This is bad. 
And even Shirley, again, she's killing it. Uh She says, it's okay to ask questions. Yeah. Which I think, coming from a religious family and a religious upbringing, I feel like I've definitely strayed away from it. And I have my uh, disdain towards Mm -hmm. some of it. But I also feel like I have a deeper understanding and respect for some of it than people who are just non-religious have. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think it's really something of a role model here that Shirley's being that uh, people of people who are religious you shouldn't just blindly follow what you follow yeah it's okay to ask questions it's okay if stuff doesn't make sense and it's okay to make sense of it for yourself whatever that means and whatever that leads you to totally I uh, yeah yeah this message of course brought to you by ExpressVPN be whatever you want to be believe whatever you want to believe Download whatever you want to download. ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN. Does your country not like the religion that you want to follow? Go ahead and just tell the internet you're somewhere else. If the answer is America and you're not a Christian, probably. <laughs> All right. Abed has a question, and it's about the uh, the 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 logistics of this. He says, uh, "What happens?" Or what does he say before the? He says people thing? go from solid to vapor. But if people go from solid to vapor, form? can they ever become liquid? Which brings Pierce, who is a big Neon Genesis fan, mm-hmm. to <laughs> to say that well, actually, eventually, the uh, Buddha will come back, and we'll all take liquid form, causing this ocean of knowledge that tastes like Hawaiian punch, <laughs> according to the scripture. Uh, fun. And Robin you can Williams. hear someone in the background say, "I like Hawaiian punch." <laughs> what? A uh, fun Robin Williams connection. Uh, have okay. you ever seen the movie, was it One Hour Photo, Three Hour Photo? No, but someone lent it to me once, and I thought it looked deeply interesting, and I never got around to watching it. Well, in it, you know, uh, brief you know, thing if anybody doesn't know, Robin Williams plays a guy who works at, like, a photo center at, like, a Walmart-esque store, and he becomes you know, like, obsessed with this, one like, of his mother. regular customers. Yeah. Um, and That's at one cool. point, he, like, hands a toy to a kid, and he's like, here, this is from Neon Genesis Evangelion. And so the oh, rumor... Really? Yeah, he calls it Evangelion, even though it's Evangelion. Uh, but the rumor in the nerd community for the longest time was that it was Robin Williams' idea to do that. Then they asked the director, and the director was like, we just had a toy laying around. Sorry. <laughs> and so, like, the... It's like, Robin Williams loves anime. And Robin Williams well, like... Mm. <laughs> I don't know well, what that Robin is. Well, Robin Williams' daughter, Zelda, is very much into well, stuff like and, that, I believe. And that's what he said is that his daughter knew what it was. And that maybe she could have gotten it from him. I can see where people would draw that, mm-hmm. but I don't think in that day Robin Williams was into a lot of stuff other than cocaine. Yeah. Unfortunately. Miss the man. I wish he was still around making us laugh. Me too. You know, before he died, there was going to be a Mrs. Doubtfire 2. Really? That would have been funny. Yes, like soon. That would have actually been After. funny, I think. Yeah. Uh, Pierce brings up, you know, if anyone's curious, my church is having an open hive, and if anyone wants to come, there's free wine, beer, and free credit checks, which is also <laughs> Of course, funny. free credit. So then they know who they want to get in and who they don't. Exactly. And I really like that Duncan is the one who's like, oh, how much, uh, how much wine and beer are you allowed to get? <laughs> And as that happens, as everyone's arguing over that, Jeff's like, oh, come on, another joke that, as I mentioned, <laughs> I really love. A very attractive woman walks in and says, excuse me, is this anesthesiology? Duncan takes a second and says, yes, yes, it is, and tells the whole class, just go with it. <laughs> 
And I like that we don't see it, but I like that we get implied that he gives an entire class on, on anesthesiology, anesthesiology <laughs> not knowing anything about it, and that this girl had to have just been in this class for no reason because she's just, uh-huh, you know, yeah. I, that she just goes along with whatever he's saying, and the rest of the class does too. <laughs> so now we're back to the cafeteria. Annie and Britta are back to taking donations. Apparently, I haven't been able to see it yet. I read online that on the oil canister mm-hmm. or something on this diorama has a sticker that says wild oil mm. which is a reference to the short-lived series running wild that starred will arnett yeah as like a rich playboy who got all the money from his father's company wild oil yeah and this show was worked on and an executive produced by the russo brothers so a little bit of synergy there I very it was also created by um, mitch hurwitz it was created by the creator of arrested development oh shoot I don't think it was that good. It certainly Probably didn't last wasn't. that long. <laughs> but that's a cool little Easter yeah. egg. I haven't been able to see it. I wonder if maybe there's a chance for like DVD releases or something that it was edited out because of like copyrighted material mm. from the show. Or I don't know. Or maybe I just haven't been able to see it. Yeah. So now we're back. They're looking for more donations. And Britta shows up in a way that she's going to start acting really cutesy like Annie to try to show Mm -hmm. Annie that what she's doing is a thing and that she can do it too. And I said this to Lilia while I was watching it, and I was like, man, this this Britta acting fake cutesy thing, it's just my body is so confused. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, because she's she's got the typical Annie, you know, like the pencil skirt and the sweater. I know she's faking it, but it's still all working. Yeah, because it's still, you know, Gillian Jacobs being adorable. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> she she like bends over in her skirt and immediately gets the notice of the guy who Annie's talking to and the way she says her lines here oh, when she she like talks like a literal baby yeah. say, which is not my thing I wasn't trying to say I, I'm into this kind of thing it makes me uncomfortable I don't believe that for a second Steven I'm not into the baby talk I don't do that you're more into the mom exactly another thing shout out to Mira who did the video <laughs> review of us and literally mentioning Steven's mommy issues <laughs> She listed all kinds of stuff from the show, but it's nice to know that one of the top, like, five, ten things that people <laughs> take away from this program is Steven's uh, mommy kink. Yeah, you know. We know. We do know. <laughs> we all, the entire, well, not the entire internet, but a very specific corner of the internet knows now. What can you say? But Britta says, to save the pelicans, they're all feathery and pelicany. I love them. <laughs> And the guy's like, okay, whatever, right. I don't care, take my money. Clearly, this was the world before OnlyFans. Right. By the way, it's not too late. Uh, special holiday hey, sale. While you're purchasing ExpressVPN, you're going to want to turn it on <laughs> as you head over to OnlyFans slash you can't dis penis. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned after for You Can't Dis Cast, where we break down everything from this week's episode of You Can't Dis Penis. The sultry after show that you won't believe it was too hot for Podbean. So they think the man, he walks away, and Britta is kind of being rude and says, wow, it really is easy to raise money when you sell out your gender, which of course offends Annie because she is so earnest in what she's doing. Even if she is doing what Britta says she's doing, she's being so earnest and she's just trying to do the right thing. Annie takes that and starts mimicking Britta and just walks up to someone and says, hey, jerk, you're stupid. (laughs) Give me money. I know more than you. 
And I love this part where it, they just start going back and forth, like saying things as each other <laughs> to make fun of each other. It's kind of a comedic trope that sitcoms do a yeah. lot, but they pull it, it off well here. Britta, I don't need anything. I need boys. Saving the planet makes my back hurt. <laughs> Britta doesn't need guys for anything, so she wears stripper boots and only eats celery and mustard for lunch. <laughs> and that was the thing that they talked funny about in the commentary, too. This uh, episode was written by a woman, mm-hmm. and that line is definitely something that she said came from uh, not experience, but people that she knew yeah. that were like that. And how they'd be like, oh, no, that's all I want. I'm really full. It's so good. It's so filling. <laughs> And uh, I keep wanting to call them by their characters. Donald Glover said he knew someone who only ate baby food. Stop. And and the way he said it, it was funny. But he was like, she would be like, oh, no, it's really good. This is really good. And Donald would be like, no, that's horrible. <laughs> Please don't do that. Like, that's baby food. It's He said, it's for babies. It's in the title. <laughs> Um, so yeah, only eating celery and mustard for lunch. I never stop smiling. I never start. My sweaters <laughs> keep shrinking. And Shirley is just loving every second of it. I think Shirley is a little bit glad that she doesn't get invited to stuff because she gets to oh, go yeah. back and forth and judge what everyone else is doing. She just gets to watch must-see TV. Annie rightfully calls out that Britta has this aura of not caring about what everybody thinks when she clearly makes choices in her appearance and demeanor based on what other people think of her. Yeah, that one hit Britta hard. She that one. It starts as a joke, but then it gets to the point where it's not funny anymore, and th- their feelings are both hurt. Mm-hmm. And now neither of them are making no money. And then cue uh, Shirley's <laughs> classic line, yeah, you're both so different, skinny bitches. Skinny bitches. <laughs> Another scene that I like quite a bit just because it gives us a little bit more John Oliver while the two of them uh, – John Oliver as Duncan walks up to Jeff and they chat over lunch while Jeff is still really worried about his health for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff says, you poured, you pulled 40 minutes of anesthesiology <laughs> out of your ass. It's like, yeah, I did. But Duncan's here to talk about Pierce and while they're talking about this, this is in the background – we see that the woman, the pregnant woman, is her water is mm. broken. She's beginning to go into labor, and both Abed and her boyfriend are there by her side. They have at this point decided that they at least need to work together to help her. Yeah, I sure didn't. That's catch what's going this on one. in that story at the point. And meanwhile, Jeff is talking about all of the things that he's always done to try to be healthy, like how many times he hasn't eaten a donut or. a dabbing his pizza with napkins he's suffered he and honestly like yeah this is a lot of first world problems but i but he has do feel for jeff a little bit that the type of lifestyle that he's lived has limited him so much to where he's unhealthily being healthy yeah you know and he i don't know he's realizing now too late that he could have given a little less of a care every now and then, you know, because everyone does. And everyone's headed the same place no matter how healthy you are. Yeah, totally. Jeff Jeff mentions that that Duncan slurps down figgy pudding all day, but (laughs) that Jeff might die before him. And now he has to take medicine, take daily medicine, which I think is a big step. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Jeff could eat powdered bran every day, which... Why would anyone do that? <laughs> no good reason. 
Well, the thing is, I think it, it brings up, especially in men, a big stigma about taking medicine anyway, where it's like, oh, this means I'm weak. Like, no, medicine just kind of is supposed to make it so that you, you know, yeah, it's just supposed to even everything out, make it good. So I mean, this doesn't mean that Jeff's going to die. The medicine is going to keep him from dying. But, you know, to him, it means it's But there's a stigma. It means yeah. that you you needing something means that you're lesser than. Yeah. And I don't really want to delve deep into this, but I'll be happy to say that this week I started taking like a antidepressant for the first time. Nice. And I've always kind of had that stigma about it too, that it's something I should deal with on my own. And sometimes you can, mm-hmm. but really you can't. And it's okay to say that you can't and it's okay to try something. Absolutely. I don't know if it's going to work for me. It might work great. Yeah. But I think it's good to try and more people do it than you think. So there's nothing to feel weird about. 100%. I have all kinds of other stuff to feel weird about that definitely isn't common. <laughs> I like that in the scene, Duncan is kind of the voice of reason. Right? That he gets to tell Jeff that he's being childish, and but then he gets distracted because he has to use his force field against Chang to keep him from getting food. <laughs> he stands in the middle of the cafeteria, and Chang's like, come on. And he doesn't really expect him to be that childish, so he walks around the perimeter of the room to get to the lunch line, but Duncan's not letting it happen. Not cool, Duncan. Obviously, it's Chang, and he deserves some of what he's getting, but he's not doing anything No, really he's now. just trying to get he's food. Trying to eat his lunch. <laughs> but Duncan takes it so literally when he stretches his hand out and starts <laughs> charging towards him. And the face on John Oliver's face, the look <laughs> on his face, he, he just is... It's, it's just comedic perfection. It's so good. It's so great. It's so ridiculous. It's so community I really, really like a lot of things in this episode a lot. Yeah. So Jane <laughs> runs out of the room backwards. Kim Jong does a great physical comedy acting here when he falls behind the couch, does a cartwheel, gets back up, runs directly into the <laughs> vending machine, falls on the floor, and Duncan's just pleased his punch of his power. <laughs> and then sits back down to continue his conversation with Jeff right where it left off. Oh, uh, and and he, again, he goes back to being the voice of reason. And <laughs> Immediately, says that you back. claim to have no yeah that you claim to have no religion, but you're actively, devoutly worshiping yourself, which he totally is. And I think a lot of people do. A lot of people take that kind of thing. Like it's good to take yourself seriously and your health seriously. A lot of us should do it more. But, but don't think of yourself with as like everything. A, there's a limit. Yeah. With everything, there's a healthy limit. And clearly, Jeff has moved past that. Absolutely. Whatever Duncan says gets Jeff to realize something, but I think it's realizing the wrong thing. Yeah. This is when he's going to make the plan to show Pierce that his mom is really dead. Which I think is really shitty of him to do. Well, yeah. Jeff says, you know what? I just realized that I was only doing this to like kill Pierce's faith. And Duncan's like, great. What do you think about that? It's like, oh, well, and now that I know that that's what I'm trying to do, I can really do it. I can roll up my sleeves and get it done. That's pretty shitty. Have we gotten the thing already that you said that Jeff said that really bothered you? No. Okay. Definitely point it out when you get it. I, I like will. that we're, this we're getting scene closer. is calling a little bit of attention to the fact that Duncan is a psychiatrist and, yeah. or a therapist, and we don't talk about <laughs> that really, but here he is kind of therapizing Jeff well, a little bit. Normally the only person he talks to is Britta, and he's trying to sleep with her, so <laughs> – so yeah, Jeff takes this totally the wrong way, and, but Duncan's like, "Yep, go ahead." That's what, and then he's like, "Wait, <laughs> Wait never mind." Uh, actually, I don't care. <laughs> then he starts to eat his food. That's a really good moment too. Things are starting to come to a head. Uh, we're back outside uh, with Britta and Annie trying to raise some money. 
pierces in his uh, traditional <laughs> Buddhist robe. Which, great uh, job by the costume department, because that's absolutely freaking ridiculous. Great futuristic look with his <laughs> pod. I bet someone was like, f*** you, Chevy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're going to make che- Chevy wear this turquoise dress. <laughs> and everything's coming to a head. Uh, they're on their way to Pierce's Buddhist open hive. But before, mm-hmm. Jeff has agreed to take them all to ice cream. But not really. More on that later. Meanwhile, Britta and Annie are still trying to get money donated for their cause. But their uh, conflict with each other is keeping them from getting the good work done. Yeah. And basically everyone's just on the wrong page right now, except for Troy. Troy is just excited about ice cream. Pierce yeah. said there's a 69th flavor that he needs to try. I am excited. <laughs> I am excited. <laughs> so Jeff says, all right, let's go. My car's over there, and they get ready to go. Meanwhile, Jeff mm. tells the girls what's really happening. He's not taking them for ice cream. He has gotten a hold of the county morgue where he's confirmed that Pierce's mother will be there, dead, unvaporized, he can prove that Pierce is lying for all to see. Surprise. Welcome to reality. Welcome to death. It's not good, and it's clearly the wrong thing to do, but this is coming out of his crisis of of mortality, and I think that's all it is. It, I think he's acting – is this the thing? Uh, he's about to say the it. thing. I just think this is acting out of crisis and acting recklessly out of crisis and I think especially when death is brought up and someone has died and people are reacting to it, I think stuff like this kind of happens sometimes. I don't yeah. Know. Of course it's sitcom-y and it's awful to take your friend to see their mother's corpse. Yeah, but, I think it's pretty pretty terrible. And especially with Pierce being so invested in his religion that mm-hmm. he even if he sees it, he's going to find a way to explain it And he's it taking off. Troy to see it again? Like, <laughs> Sure, yeah. Well, because Troy, Troy already found the body the in the first high. place. Yeah. Basically, the girls aren't that interested. They say, have fun, good luck. And I know exactly what it is now. Jess says, wow, you guys are real downers. I can't believe I made out with both of you. Ugh. What a dick. (laughs) Jeff, you have no idea how lucky you are. (laughs) You know what I mean? You scum. You slime. (laughs) You know how many community podcasters would die for that privilege? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> they go to check the money. Uh, there isn't much. Annie's trying really hard to be as non-sexual as possible. Britta, they're just being so condescending to each other. Yeah. Um, the dialogue here is pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah, they do quip at each other really well. And mm-hmm. it's really, really nice. I know that you've been commenting it on it always, but Annie, when she lets go and stands up for yeah. herself or gets frustrated, is a total different person. And Allison does it so well, like the the flip between cute, oh, everything's great, Annie, to like, I'll f*** you up, Annie. Like, yeah, I'll for real. burst through a sliding glass window on drugs again, Annie. <laughs> I won't hesitate, bitch. <laughs> They're, hi- they're fighting over it, and it causes the oil to spill, uh, something that's probably both a not very tasteful joke when we're talking about a real oil spill that has actually happened, and also mm-hmm. a bit of an inevitability when you put the two most attractive girls on the cast uh, around a bucket of oil for 20 minutes. It's going to happen. Yep, it's going to happen. And I like the way that, like, it's so ridiculous that this turns into, like, an oil fight, but... 
they do about the best that they can to make it happen. I feel like it definitely went with like, oh, well, we've got to have them throw oil all over each other. And then they're like, how can we do that in the way that almost passes the Bechdel test? It definitely doesn't. And we're definitely, I'm not going to speak to that because we're definitely not people who should have any say on whether something does or not. Mm -mm. I just think that it is as gratuitous as it is. But I think yeah. it could have been a lot worse. And it just could have been worse, and a lot of any other show would have done it a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, they kept their clothes on. They start screaming. Yeah, I know. Another show would have had them take off their clothes and would have had them on the ground. Yeah. This show, yeah, they keep their clothes on. They don't really touch each other that much. It's like a food fight, with, like mm-hmm. with oil, and all of the, all of the like sexiness of it is kind of your own fault. You yeah. know what I mean? It's kind <laughs> of just like that's. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it yeah, is what they, you make of it, yeah. America yeah. and the rest of the world. I guess they do end up on the ground. <laughs> I guess they do end up on the ground. <laughs> now this <laughs> is course, why I Duncan, came to America. Yeah, this is why I came to America. <laughs> he delivers that line phenomenally too. <laughs> now we're in Jeff's Lexus, which has made its reappearance after being smashed up by Chang. Um, they're all driving. I really like this scene, this segment mm-hmm. of it. Honestly, the rest, I really like this episode. There are just a couple of really small things. I really like this. Uh, Pierce brought the jam book from the Pierce Mobile to play some music, and the only, the newest thing he's got is getting logins. Pretty funny. Jeff is really on edge, you can tell. Troy's just along for the ride. I also like this pairing of characters, that it's the three of them. I do too. I feel like the three of them aren't normally together because Troy isn't usually in a group with Jeff without Abed. Right. Pierce discovers in his uh, CD book that there is a CD left with his name on it For in his mom's CD. handwriting. So it's put together and they all comment on that Pierce's mother in her last dying moments recorded and made the CD for Pierce. And I think that stretch is a little bit too sitcommy and hammy. But mm-hmm. as soon as the tape starts playing... Honestly, it's the most emotionally resonant this show has been for me yet, I think. Really? I think so, and I'm not sure exactly why, because it is ridiculous. So she puts the CD in, uh, Troy talks about, or Pierce puts the CD in, Troy talks about how gangster it is that Pierce's mom (laughs) spent the last moments of her life creating a CD, and the speech begins. Uh, it mm-hmm. starts with the classic whenever something like this happens where it's like, if you found this, it means I'm dead. That kind of thing is a little bit of a stretch whenever they do something like that. I don't buy yeah. that this would have happened. But when the speech and what she has to say actually happens, mm-hmm. it, it, it stands a lot. She says to Pierce, and I get that this woman, while she's in her dying breaths and knows that there's pro- – and it seems like she was a part of this religion as well. Yeah. Or at least indulged Pierce. Uh, she's coming to terms with her mortality for real. Mm-hmm. And so she's made this message, message to Pierce to do the same. Um, she says she's not been vaporized. She's gone forever, and that's how she likes it. This is what made me a little bit emotional, and mm-hmm. and the way that it resonates with Jeff, the way that she says that life is only worth anything because it is fleeting. It's All of the stuff that she says, I'm not just going to say it. I think it's yeah. good. I think it's good to remember sometimes that life is fleeting it could end at any time and sometimes it feels mundane and boring and drawn out and long but there's so much we can be doing that i feel like we're not doing or or i feel like i'm not doing and life is meant to be as she lists consumed and used and spent and lived and felt and those words really rang true to me 
And mm-hmm. it didn't make me tear up, but it, it did resonate with me emotionally. I could feel it. Yeah. And I like how they even tie it with the oil spill fight. <laughs> that look at these people fighting and these people cheering and throwing money at it. These are people who are consuming their life. They're spending it. They're mm-hmm. living it. They're feeling it. While yeah. Jeff is spending his life taking away someone else's kind of. Yeah. I see what you're saying. We get a really great shot of Shirley reacting to what's going on as we see Abed and the boyfriend helping deliver the baby. Except Abed's really the one who's getting in there yeah, and, and doing the work. Oh, and there's there's a baby. And even in the speech, they use the word miracle as mm-hmm. they're showing the delivering of the baby. I think that's a cool oh, nice. uh, synchronicity. Yeah. Um, and she says, and then we're supposed to let go. And I can't force you to do that for yourself, Pierce but you can't force her to stay. I like that a lot. I really I like, like that too. part. And, of course, because it's community, it ends with a joke that if you unscrew the top of the stupid <laughs> thing, it'll say Made in China. I like what all this is doing. I like the look in Pierce's face that makes it seem like he's absorbing what he's being told. And I think my favorite thing about this is how this resolves not just Jeff's drive to ruin things for Pierce, but mm-hmm. resolves the crisis that he's having of his own mortality without yeah. putting a too neat of a bow on it. They don't say it. Jeff never says, you know what? I learned something today. You know, you see it in his face and that's all you need. And I love it when shows are able to show me something without telling me. Well, and I like that, you know, this message was for Pierce. You know, she left it with Pierce in mind, but Jeff's the but one Jeff who, was really who got... needed to hear it. Yeah, which is is good. You're right. Pierce gets to hear his mom say she loves him one more time, which should mean the world to someone who's lost a parent. Mm -hmm. She says goodbye and I'll play myself out and then plays a a killer rap track that has some some of the same vibes as, I'm Sinyo Chang and I can't be (laughs) killed. Apparently they wanted it to play Highway to the Danger, Danger Zone, Zone, but I think that would have been too expensive of a joke. Damn. What a, what a great song. Pierce turns it off and says, well, that proves one thing. She was really losing it towards the end, and he throws the last thing he'll ever get from his mother out the window. Classic so, Pierce. one really good, like, Chevy Chase acting thing, like, I like how he kind of, like, bends, almost like, you, like, kind of break it, throw it out, but he almost, like doesn't want to because like it's still like his mom made that for him you know he's like like, so unable to let go of this belief system he's created for himself yeah and at the same time he's so yeah there is a little bit of fight there but right like i don't know i don't know if that was just chevy chase just being weird and touching the cd yeah yeah (laughs) troy says you seriously think she's still in there and pierce says well why wouldn't i and Jeff is able to see that Pierce needs this. He's this broken, mm-hmm. sad old man. And him believing that as long as this cult doesn't let him – doesn't like help him kill himself or kill anyone else or anything, uh, yeah. letting him believe that there is a chance that his mother who he loves will return to him one day, what's the harm in that? And you can see in Jeff's face, again, without saying that, that he sees that. And I think maybe in a way he – wishes he had something like that too yeah and Troy says no reason and they all let it go and Jeff decides let's go get some ice cream and they do 
And it's nice. It's a it's really, nice. really nice way to resolve this situation that has some of the sitcom tropes, but not too many. And mm-hmm. it feels original. It's very community. And it's yeah. sweet and thoughtful in a way that the show dabbles in sometimes, but I think this is one of the strongest examples of it so far. Certainly. So Jeff turns around to take him to an ice cream place. He, he lets slip that where they were going to go is kind of depressing, and he doesn't want that anymore. Now we're back to outside. They're cleaning up the mess, and Annie's really, like, bossing them around as they're cleaning up the mess that they created, which is a little weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they apologize to each other. This is good, too, if not a little bit more cliche. They owe each other an apology. They were doing what everyone thought they were doing, and even Annie says that she only kissed Jeff because she wanted to seem cool and sexy, like how she sees Britta. And Britta says, well, all of this is just happening because, well, she slept with Jeff because she hates herself. (laughs) And she got after you for raising money because of that. And she's gross and they're both gross. And this might fail the Bechdel test, but the line that does resonate here is when she says the reason that they raise more all that money is because men are gross Mm -hmm. and because they'll buy into stuff like that. And when they forget that when they forget that men are just kind of bad and gross yeah and let them get at each other instead of sticking together that that's gross and i really like that that's the point that they land on a yeah. lot actually same now pierce jeff and troy there's a really funny <laughs> shot as anna as anna as annie and britta hug each other where i don't like the pierce pierce is like all right all right He's all like, right oh yeah and Troy says, do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> a, little qualm, a little qualm with this. Weren't they going to Pierce's open hive after they got ice cream? Yes, they were. Instead, they returned to campus. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in that moment, Jeff would have still gone with Pierce and like respected his thing. Yeah. I feel like Troy they wanted to go. forgot or they just <laughs> wanted to get everyone together at the end of the episode. Yeah. They're all eating ice cream. The ice cream looks good. Um, everything is really coming together at the end of this episode. Uh, Shirley's not there, but when is she ever? Um, <laughs> Jeff says nobody lives forever, and then no offense to Pierce. And Pierce is kind of like, well, you're the crazy one. Think whatever crazy stuff you want. It's a free country. Oh, and then, of course, Shirley shows up and says, ah, or, no, this is separate. We see the happy couple in the background. It, it, it is the boyfriend's baby, mm-hmm. and they're together with the child. And Shirley questions Abed to say, what have you been up to? And Abed says, not much. And it's funny because neither was Shirley, and Shirley didn't get to do anything <laughs> in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny that Shirley is the one that calls attention to it. And we even get a nice little cap off of the story with Duncan and Chang, where, like, this one upping that they've been doing is fun for both of them, and yeah. also, uh, it, and it's also limiting both of them. So now they have uh, restraining orders against each other, but they're <laughs> close to each other for a moment, and they don't try to make this sweet or anything. But you can tell that both of these deranged people are just kind of having fun. Yeah, and they appreciate having the other one to kind of, you know, they're they're nemeses. They make for a good foil. Yeah. yeah, Duncan tells him well played, and Chang says that means a lot. But we know that weird stuff means a lot to Chang. Yeah. And then Duncan says, will you take a quick <laughs> photo of me with the oily coeds? And this is one of those things that I'm sure uh, John Oliver would have done something different every time they took yep. the picture. He goes, what, what? You know he did something different every time. 
<laughs> and then it's the front page of the newspaper. And that's the end of the episode. Except for this end tag, which, as much as I love Betty White, totally unnecessary. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't the funniest. Now, I appreciate that Betty White's in it. Now, Hulu messed up because this was actually like the thumbnail for episode for two. Last week's two. episode? Yeah. I also, so every week when we put out the podcast, I look through Google Images for a photo from the episode to use yeah. a couple of different photos to use throughout the week. And this showed up for me as well, too. As and I was really confused because I expected this to be the end tag last week. And I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> And I also kind of when I saw it was like, I don't think Betty White's in it past that one episode. I'm sure they filmed this when they filmed that first yeah. episode. And from the way they talked about this in the commentary, I think this might have been the second episode filmed. Mm. But yeah, it is a little weird. And this in tag does feel a little weird. We talked about her in this episode and how she got suspended. So it makes sense a little bit. And it's kind of nice to see continuity in the show where the characters still exist within the universe of the show. Yeah. But yeah, it's not that funny. Uh, the jokes are basically she's in Africa and or they're talking I about get, Inception. I probably shouldn't. Well, say you it don't in get Africa. it because you don't because you don't get Inception. Well, I was just Zach. gonna call myself out because I probably shouldn't call out. I probably that shouldn't assume in Africa. That, I shouldn't assume that they're in Africa. Just because, well, it says they're in Congo. Oh, does it? Well, then maybe yeah. I should. <laughs> so they're uh, Betty White's talking English to a man who is speaking a language that I don't know a language they're speaking, and they're talking about. Uh, Inception, not a lot to this. The guy says he doesn't get it, but when he says he doesn't get it, he doesn't get why Betty White's talking in English and she's and he's talking in a foreign language. But it's because of the person sitting next to him, who also apparently speaks this language, hasn't seen Inception, and that's the joke. The end. Is it all a dream? Probably not. <laughs> well, watch the movie and then. You'll be like, oh, is it a dream? And then you'll watch it again and be like, I don't care. This is true. I haven't seen Inception, and I really should. All of the time I'm finding out from watching Community that there's so many movies that they reference that I should see, and so many films that just as someone as a film lover that I haven't seen, and I should see them. But instead, I'm yeah, watching wrong with you? an episode of Community three times and talking about it for two and a half hours <laughs> in a day. But that's the end of this week's episode. I think this is a really strong showing. Kind of how accounting for lawyers was a more like low-key outing that's important for the characters. I think this is a low-key outing that's important for the characters that I enjoy quite a bit more. I yeah, think I like this one more than last week's. One of my favorite, if not my favorite, non-homage episode yet. Wow. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Physical education is really good and beginner pottery and interpretive This is dance, below physical education and pottery for me. I get that, but this yeah. is right in with those. I'll have to really take a look at it and see where it lands. But what we can take a look at right now is who our MVPs were this week. I'll open it up and and proudly, I feel like I've been waiting for him to earn it. I think I've yeah. only given it to him once. Pierce Hawthorne. Nice. It's I a totally great Pierce see episode. And most of Pierce's best stuff is in season two. I think it won't be the only time I'm giving it no. to him this season. I don't think Chevy Chase is a great guy. Uh, sometimes it makes me not want to reward, even though this is just a stupid podcast where we give MVP awards <laughs> that don't mean shit to Chevy Chase. But I, I, he's so funny in this episode. And not only is the character written well and ridiculously, Chevy performs it well and ridiculously. So I am going to reward him this week. Just stop being racist, Chevy, please. Yeah, if only. What about um, you, Steve? I... Chevy probably be my runner-up, at least top three for me in this episode. I think he does a great job, and I think that this is one of his finest performances in an episode. I did not give my MVP to him, though. 
Okay. I am happy to give my MVP, and I'm sure I haven't given one to him before, Professor Ian Duncan. Gets okay, I thought about week. him as well. I yeah, I think that well. he just was so funny. He was the voice of reason to Jeff. He tried to... But so much not in every yeah, way. Yeah, he sure tried to be, and Jeff yeah. just really ran with it a different direction. But he he stepped into a subject he knows nothing about to teach, you know... <laughs> But I thought he did he did great this week. I loved all his stuff with Chang, so he gets my MVP this week. I really vibe with that take. I think it's a solid choice, and I definitely thought about choosing him as well. Let's wrap things up here, talk a little bit about the near future. Next week, we're going to do another bonus episode. We're going to be doing a Christmas episode. We're going to get some holiday stuff going on with each other. There might be some mistletoe. There might be a couple presents under the tree. And there's definitely going to be a lot of eggnog all around both of our bodies. We're going to reenact the oil spill (laughs) fight scene with some chunky eggnog. eggnog. Yeah, It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you join us. I'm really looking forward to it. The week after, we'll be talking about uh, basic rocket science. If you haven't sent in your trivia yet, it's too late. Get out of here. Get ahead of the curve and send us your trivia for Messianic Myths and Ancient Peoples, the following episode, which will be our first episode of the new year. And we'll also probably have a special guest and a special uh, take on that type of episode that's something that we're excited about that I think you guys will like, too. Yes, make sure you send in your trivia for that, as well as your favorite moments and your MVPs. Two. Two, uh, you can't disappod at gmail.com. Can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. Very good. You can also find us all over the place <laughs> on Facebook, Instagram at can't disappoint podcast, and Twitter at you can't disappod. Always having fun over there. Something that we're starting to talk about a little bit is that you guys might be getting a little bit more of Zach and Steven every week coming up pretty soon in the new year. We're looking at doing something live with you guys every week, so stay tuned for that. I think that'll be a lot of fun as well. And that's about all to report for now until we see you guys next week. Steven, do you have any final words for this week's episode? Um... No. All right. Well, from inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And I can't wait so we all get to share our knowledge as a one ocean entity in the near future when Buddha returns. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to close this show out with a song by our good friend Ben Watson, unless he tells me I can't do it. I'm going to put his song. It is called The Golden State right here. And if not, if he said no, because he's a shitty friend. If he says no, Zach will be playing the song from End of Evangelion that plays when the whole world turns into primordial soup. I'm not going to find that. It's uh, it's called Kom Susertad. Okay, if if we're, come sweet if, death. If if it doesn't if it doesn't play through, get ready for the sounds of Couscous Todd. <laughs> and thank you once again for listening. It's been great. We will see you guys next week. The pressure's on you, Ben. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Every day we live, not knowing what the future holds or how it's gonna end. Paranoia won't relent. Put me on the stand, my thoughts held under scrutiny, but most won't comprehend, at least not to its full extent. Nothing in this fading world can ever be prolonged. You wish you would have 
mindlessly Not knowing when or why Living in respite Tectonic tendency is scattered and uncertain But I know the day will come And I know it won't be long Stay.